My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and bye, Dan White. And today it's WNR 206, it's WWE versus WCW March 1999. But before we do anything, let's start with the alternate intro. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in bed, and you believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I'll show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. And that was from The Matrix, of course, 20 years ago now that came out, which makes me feel old. But Dan, what is the intro? In 1999, WCW and WWF were the two biggest wrestling companies in the world. And for the past couple of years, had traded the number one slot. But as the year started, it seemed WWF had a plan to continue its hugely successful Attitude Era, while WCW has seemingly lost the plot. Rather than focusing on the younger talent like Booker T, Jericho, Benoit and the super over Goldberg, it instead pushed over-the-hill stars Hogan, Piper and Flair and continued the NWO even though it had passed its peak. This year, the WNR podcast goes back 20 years and witnesses WWE's rise and WCW's demise. This is WWE versus WCW Monday Night Wars for March 1999. So, on this episode, we watch four Raws and four Nitros. Well, let's get this shit out of the way and start off with WCW. Last time out, Flair and Hogan battled for the thousandth time with David Flair turning his back on his old man and siding with the NWO. The Wolfpack, led by the champ Hogan, was desperate to retain his spot. Goldberg, who should be on the world title hunt, was instead targeted by Big Papa Pump. But we did get some like Booker T beat Brett whilst the booker of the show, Nash, went about his business, taking Mysterio's mask, but letting Ray get the one, two, three. So we start off Monday Night Show, the 1st of March, episode 181. wins handedly 6.3 to 4.3 and Nitro has two more shows to set up the pay-per-view and most will be a continuance of the last pay-per-view. Right, so some articles at the time claim that WWE did not mention fortunate suicide. They did toll a bell for him at the beginning. Tori and David Flair in the back and they are giggling as Rick keeps calling and leaving messages. 
He wants to talk, but both mock Rick. It ends on a flat note. David wants his dad to retire, and they just kind of stare at each other in awkward silence. After summer capping, here comes Steiner and Buff. Steiner calls North Carolinian scumbag tobacco-chewing white trash. All he sees is genetic junk when he is a genetic freak. The crowd says... The crowd will always be losers in Chapel Hill. Buff tells the crowd to shut up and mocks Goldberg and now is upset with Rick who interfered last week. He wants, he wants both Rick and Goldberg in a tag match. Scotty tells Goldberg that he has size but not his size. Goldberg is just hype and not good enough to be in the NWO. Buff yells who's next and who cares? We get more Ricky Ratchman and no wonder WCW folded some sort of fan fest before the college rager. Well, here comes Nash and Lex with Liz and Disco. Lex wants everyone's attention and this is the finding moment in a young man's career. Everyone knows how much his body means to him, his first injury. For the good of the group, he forgives Ray. Nash forgives him too and calls him out. He wants him to join the Wolf Pack. Disco wants it known that he was the deciding vote. Nash repeats with a droll voice. No Ray, so Nash whips out a giant phone and he calls him. He has a shirt for him. Ray's not interested. Nash mumbles okay and just leaves. Yeah, it was a really weird, really weird moment. Uh, they're making a big deal out of Booker T's win against Bret Hart as well. We go on to match one, which is Psychosis versus Kidman for the title. Oh yeah, and this is a great match. I mean, we know Kidman has been impressing us so much over these past couple of years, but Psychosis can go on his day and this was just what WWE can do right. A proper cruiserweight title match near falls towards the end and Kidman getting the win thanks to the shooting star press. Really good stuff. That is probably the only good thing that WWE have. And there's not enough of it. They need to use more. Well, David and Tori are talking. Arn comes in and tells David he is lost and threatens him, but will not hurt him because he promised his dad. Arn is arguing with both and David tells him not to touch him. He is bitter that David is allowing himself to be used by Hogan and Nash and even Tory. She calls him jealous and David agrees. Tory thinks Arn Anderson is love-starved. Arn tells him that they will make WCW go away. And David calls him and WCW old and Tory concurs. Well, Hogan is with Vince and talk about how being a leader again. Steve Ray is upset in the apple cart and Hogan gives him permission to take him out. Match two is Bam Bam Bigelow versus Rey Mysterio Jr. So without the mask. We see him without the mask. He's going to be in action. And uh, he's, well, at the moment, known as Giant Killer. Of course, getting one over on Kevin Nash. Going against Bam Bam Bigelow, who came in with so much fanfare, didn't he? And, of course, feuding with Goldberg recently as well. So this is a massive match, really, to have Cam Mysterio hold his own against Bam Bam Bigelow. Well, Bam Mysterio's certainly changed up a bit his look as well. You know, he's uh, he's got his baggy jeans on, which was all the rage late 90s. Oh, don't get me wrong. He's more of a Conan look. see Conan's had a shoulder... Overly uh, had an arm around uh, Mysterio and, you know, probably taught him this. And, you know, I, I don't know, maybe the Mysterio dressing up, maybe just the bottoms of Mysterio wouldn't have been the same, of course, because it's not really mysterious if you haven't got a mask. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see how WCW do book him as Bigelow threw Mysterio halfway across the ring, but he just missed a splash. And then here comes Ray. Catches Bigelow with a spinning heel kick. And Ray's on fire, baby. Yeah, and Ray all nearly slipped at the top. Gets caught by Bigelow jumping off, though. A huge bam-bam slam. And he's taken him down. Well, in ECW, we've seen it as well, throwing Spike Dudley into the crowd. Will Bigelow attempt that here on Nitro? 
Oh my god, he is going to try it. And the referee's pleading with who's going to be in the drop zone for Ray Ray. And Bagelow's got him. And here he comes. Oh! Throws him into some strategically placed security guards. Oh my god. Must have thrown him at least 8 foot. At least 12 to 15 foot. But I think it's alright. Mysterio lands on his head. Well, Mysterio was the javelin and the security guards were the javelin catcher. Well, Mysterio's back to his feet. Is he going to be able to get into the ring and beat the referee's count? Well, I know lesser men that that would have been it for them. But Mysterio's still got the fight to try and get in. But unfortunately for him, has to go against Bam Bam Bigelow. Well, Bigelow just stomping away out the back of Mysterio. And Bigelow in all sorts of controls. Got Ray now, suplex. And now Bigelow just walking around with Ray. And then just drops him down. Bigelow just playing with him at the moment. Now Bam Bam Irish ripping Ray. Picking him up. But Mysterio catching him with a seated drop kick. Goes down low to the knee. Bouncing off the ropes, but runs into a big boot from Bam Bam. Well, it takes Ray three or four strikes to put Bam Bam on the back foot. But with Bam, all he needs is one strike. Ray's down. Now he's going into the cover. Oh, only a two count, though. Two. And how much energy it takes Ray to just try and push off Bigelow's power and, you know, his frame. I mean, he must weigh at least four times the size. He must be four times the size Mysterio is. At least six times the size of Ray Ray. Oh, then it's a Guri from Bam Bam. Quite agile for a big man. Well, Bam Bam's one of the best big mans that can go up. He could do stuff not other 400 pounders can. Well, the whole crowd is beyond little Ray, the underdog. And he somehow got back to his feet after the sleep hole. Bigelow just picks him up. Maybe powerbomb him. Oh! Oh, it's like an inverted power slam. So he lands face first and then dropping the head to the hip. Goes for a cover, but he pulls Ray up. And I don't think that's a good idea in any circumstances. Says, no, no, no. I'm not done yet. And then Bam Bam Bigelow easily picking up Mysterio, slamming him down. And the big man's going up. And Bigelow all the way up. He's going to flat Mysterio. No, Ray's out. Well, he avoided disaster. And now he's gone up to the top. Seated drop kick. But doesn't take Bigelow down yet. Another kick drops into his knees. Whoop. Mysterio steps over Bigelow onto that second. Like an X Factor. Two. Two. Oh. Oh, No, Bigelow managing to kick out. Uh Oh, my God. He just runs through Ray with a huge clothesline. And this is the weirdest moment that I've experienced in Nitro for a while. Because during the match, the second hour has started... Which means they're head-to-head with WF and, of course, we're getting all the fireworks. During a match. Dur- during the match, yes. They've stopped in ring at the moment. Bigelow now just waiting. He's had a little bit of a rest. I wonder how they went down. You know that. It's just like stupid things like that. And now Bigelow's going to put this away. So what, Ray. Seven years later, you'll win a heavyweight championship. Oh, well, Bigelow pushed Mysterio into the turnbuckle. He came back. Hit with a low blow. Jumped up on the stride. Bigelow rolls him up. Gets the victory. (laughs) Mysterio pins Bigelow. The giant killer strikes again. And Mysterio beats Bam Bam. Well, it was a low blow first and then a pin pin attempt. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? 
It is certainly, you know, that is, I think, the right man one. It's a young Rey Mysterio, recently demasked. And, you know, he's he's managed to get one up on a... On a vict- you know, he's managed to get one up on a Bam Bam Bigelow who is a few times bigger than him. It is, you know, it's hopefully starting the making of Rey Mysterio and his kind of road to redemption. Yeah, without a doubt, I agree with you there. Uh, and it, I think it was a good match. Bam Bam shows that he can wrestle, you know, with with a lot of different guys. And uh, I think it makes a difference as well. Uh, so I think that's all good. Well, Gene stops Ray in the back and has congratulated him. Ray talks about the Lord and how he's representing the small people. Lex is ha- not happy about not taking the shirt. Lex forgives him. And then Nash blindsides him and keeps saying that you should have taken the shirt. Gene is having kittens. He can't believe it. So Mysterio's assaulted in the back. Also in the back, Raven and Bigelow are tossing shit all over the place and bashing each other in the back. Hats out with a kendo stick, takes out everyone, including the cameraman. Well, Flair arrives and Tony gushes. Nash and friends are with Stevie Ray. Nash thinks the thing with Vincent is out of control. They tell Ray to take him out. Nash tells him that Vincent has been trash-talking about him. And match freeze Jerry Flynn versus the cat. Flynn cut the mullet. Flynn gets some speaking time and is tired of the cat talking trash and wants a karate match. Cat is in the back with Sonny Ono. Norton comes in and tells Cat that Flynn is talking shit. He wonders if he beat all the heart out of the cat and tells him to go after Flynn. Well, Penzer declares the first one to his feet wins and Sonny interferes, allowing the cat to win. A bit long, but it, it was okay. Yeah, Flynn chases off Sonny Ono. Match four is Hugh Morris versus Saturn. Yeah, not a bad match, but here comes Jericho, and he knocks Saturn as he goes for the Death Valley driver, and Morris finishes off with a no-laughing matter. Okay, but, you know, at least there's more for Jericho and Saturn. Yeah, and Buff and Scott Stone are doing a road trip together. And match five is Bret Hart versus Chris Benoit. And what a great match again. It's like WWE can do some things right. These two guys obviously gelled so well in the ring, you know, it's fantastic, kind of back and forth. But Brett has this ability, we saw it against Booker T, we've seen it against other people as well. You know, it's a position he should have been put in, and it worked really well uh, up until the end, though. Here comes Henning and Barry Windham. They take out Benoit with the bell, and back inside the ring, Hart has a sharpshooter applied, and Benoit is at the ropes, but Hart will not break it. He's DQ'd, and he shoves the ref. Here comes Malenko, who attacks Hart, and Henning comes into the ring, but Malenko beats him, now Wyndham comes in and Malenko is choked out with the belt as Hart looks on. Here comes the NWA. Wolfpack is in the house and Nash gets a pop. No one cares about Hogan. Hogan rambles for a minute about the pathetic they are. David is a man now and Flair will retire. He's briefly interrupted by a scrum between Vincent and Ray with a former being led off. Hogan finishes off by repeating what he said earlier and that he is a champ. Flair comes out and is in serious mode. He mocks the NWO and talks about his son and all he has done in North Carolina. He throws a barb towards Tory and yells that we are live in Chapel Hill and bellows about his airness and he dances around and Hogan cannot do that and for 28 days he is still the president of WCW. At Uncensored in two weeks he is having a cage built 15 days with 15 foot with no doors and barbed wire at the top. Tradition will ride again. It started in Oakland 
and they will fill their shoes on Sunday. Well, two will walk in and one will walk out as champion. Gene reiterates everything he said and Flair responds, it's going to be like 1985 all over again. They will load it up and have it out once and for all. Flair woos and dances around the ring and does it again and again and again. So we, are you telling me we get Hogan versus Flair 1001? In a steel cage. We move on swiftly to match six and it is Buff and Scott Steiner against Goldberg and Rick Steiner. Yeah. So a very interesting main event that we got. Buff and Scott versus Rick and Goldberg. But it's something that would challenge the WF product at this time having this match. Kind of makes no sense Goldberg being involved in it at the moment, does it? Not at all, no. I mean, Rick Steiner does, but he could have anybody else. Just not Goldberg. So a man who has tasted defeat only once since his time with WCW, Bill Goldberg. And now he's in a tag team match and Buff Bagel said he's not good enough to be in the NWO. But where is Goldberg? I mean, surely... Don't call me Shirley. He World Heavyweight Championship held by Hulk Hogan, but that's been held up by him and Flair right now. But Nash would be next in line, but he's kind of feuding with Rey Mysterio. So now he's kind of putting this Scott Steiner. And because Scott Steiner, is, it's like Groundhog Day because he's still feuding with Rick Steiner, even though he really had an end to it. Will it be an end here tonight with Goldberg involved? We can hope. Doubtful, but we yeah. can hope. And of course, Scott Steiner, part of the Wolfpack, after being the black and white leader, but we've seen the black and white problems carry on tonight with Wolfpack kind of mixing that up and telling them to go at it. But who cares about the black and white? No one. It's no. got old. It's got boring. But we have seen a couple of good bits. We've seen Brett versus Benoit, which is good until the ending, which is awful. And the uh, the Cruiserweight title match at the start of the show. And the fans definitely into Goldberg. <clears throat> Well, why would you even consider putting over against a Hogan when he could be having classics against Flair? <laughs> I don't. Where, where's the storyline from after Starcade? You know, I know he had a match with Scott Hall, then he faced Bam Bam, and now what's Goldberg going to do at the pay per view in two weeks' time? You know, what, what's, what's that about? You got your most popular star. You've got to put him on. It's well, nice. I to see... think I think Goldberg should. Go back to where it all began against Hugh Morris. <laughs> well, at least Hugh Morris is getting time on Nitro as well. So, And Buff Bagwell going after Rick. And Scott Steiner split from his tag team partner to, to get into the partnership with Buff Bagwell. Yeah, makes sense. To be the leader of the NWO for, what, about a week? Yeah, and then go back to where it was. Nice slam by Rick Steiner. I mean, what even happened to Sting? How popular he was. And then he turned to the Wolfpack and then he got injured. Who? Exactly. And now Bagwell wants Scott Steiner because Goldberg's tagged in. Well, Steiner accepts the tag. Scott Steiner not backing off. Not getting in the ring yet either. And now it's the test of strength. Goldberg versus Scott Steiner. Feud we didn't know we wanted. Goldberg will admit. But at least it's our time for Goldberg. And it's... What I would assume, another notch in his belt as well. You know, you put your best foot forward, and I think <coughs> I think you put your best foot forward. If you're going to go challenge against Raw, then you need to put who's the most popular guy, Goldberg. You know, who's the most popular heel? Scott Steiner, you might argue, has been up there recently. You know, he can probably work better than Hulk Hogan and, and people like that. But you've got to put the world title on him and not have a kind of Legends tour as you've got now, you know, people involved. 
And that is WWE's problem in 1999. You see how many old men win the world title. It's scary. And Steiner will a clothesline, but blocked by Goldberg. He powers up Steiner. <laughs> Complete power by Goldberg. There's a couple of reps. Gorilla press slam. Well, we saw Bigelow do it with Mysterio earlier, but that was impressive for Goldberg. But Buffin in typical NWO fashion, breaking up the count, gets taken out by Rick on the side. Yep, and tagged him in there. That was all legal. Yeah. Yeah, was, I mean, uh, there's no rules. You can't do that three quarters across the ring. Belly to belly overhead, though, by Steiner. He's still got a kind of wrestling ability, but he just doesn't apply it. And he's just he too big. And now Bagrow in. And I've never been impressed with Buff. I mean, these three guys, I don't, Rick, Buff, and Scott, don't get me wrong, but it's just, I don't know. And now Scott Stein is trying to get the turnbuckle off. He's got himself some uh, cutters there. And he's just cutting away at the uh, turnbuckle. And now Scott throwing Rick into the corner. Oh, and as the referee weren't looking, he's kind of covered up the uh, the offending corner. And a referee. I know he didn't see it, but they should know the tricks that they do. And they get into the corner. And even Goldberg saying, come on, have a look at that. Irish whip gets clotheslined down by his brother. He drops the elbow and then goes for a cover, but Rick managing to kick out. Ah. Uh-huh. Now that's good wrestling by Scott getting the back of Rick. Elbows to the side of the head as the crowd are barking, trying to get the dog faced gremlin back into this. A slugfest between Rick and Buff, but Buff with a roll up. Oh no. Rick rolls through. <laughs> it's just it's just not as good, is it? You know what I mean? Like there is uh, a different, different. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the ring or just, just doesn't seem as smooth as the WF stuff. And I know they make mistakes, and I know they don't have payoffs in matches. But you can just see, you know, when I was young, I thought, how did WWE go down? But when you watch it, you just realise it's kind of mis- little mistake after little mistake, and all those pile up until it's just too much. You turn the audience off, then you get yeah. tired of seeing it. This reminds me of like the women's championship match at the moment. Do you know what I mean? On a Raw or something. Now, if Steiner and Buff don't go on to win this match after sending him into the unprotected top turnbuckle twice and hitting him over the head with a title belt. Two things that would normally end a match we've seen before. And yeah. you use, again, it takes it away. So the next time you see a belt shot, you go, well, they used that during the match last time. Of course, that's not going to beat someone. And again, it takes it away from it. And... You're using it at the same old. You're just like, well, no one cares. Face with like a, you know, sledgehammer. If you do that week in, week out, it takes it away. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, all right. And a low blow in front of the ref and nothing happens. No, the referee is um, having a stern word with Scott. They've both been working him down, beating him down, hitting him with a title shot, unprotected belts, belt buckle, well, corner belts, corner protection to the back and still not able to get the victory. I think they need to spend less time in the gym and more time in the WCW power plant. Yeah, this is the thing, in it? And this is the main event of WCW. And Buff with a splash. Rick gets the knees up. Knees up, Mother Brown. Which gives us hope that Goldberg will be in soon. Now Rick tags in Goldberg. Who comes in and he's on fire, baby. Taking out Rick and Buff. Taking out Scott and Buff with the kicks. A huge shoulder check. Takes down Buff. Scott with a clubbing blow to the back. Irish whip gets reversed. Big boot to Scott. 
Rick's in to help the Goldberg, not that he needs it. No, he's taking Scott Steiner out, so leaving Goldberg and Bagwell in the ring. But Buff managing to fight off Goldberg. He went low, and now that turnbuckle's been exposed again. And just like that, Goldberg's hot tag was put out. Irish whip. Well, they try throwing him into the unprotected corner, but Goldberg jumps over both of them. Rick comes in and just takes them out. Well, no, he ducks under both of them, jumps over Rick, who takes them both out. Irish whips buff into the corner. Hits him with a spear. And a spear is being hit. And Dan, what happens after said spear? Well, James. He's going to... Oh. He goes to jack him up. But Scott interrupts. Rick off the top. Goes for a cover, even though he's not the legal man. And they get the victory. Well, I don't know if that was meant to be a bulldog or a clothesline, but Rick gets it. We did not see the jackhammer. But Rick Steiner and Goldberg win, and what was the point of that? Goldberg didn't even get the win. And that was it. Well, I mean, what's the point? Dan, help me, please. What do you think of the match? What do you think of that? Um, Absolutely fucking awful. That's your Goldberg, though. Oh, how, what are they doing? Why Why do they do that for? I really don't understand what is their problem with putting Goldberg in that match there. Didn't make sense. No titles, nothing. And they're saying we're going to explain what happens on Thunder. But in truth, they they, 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 they didn't do that either. I don't know. I'm confused. Let's hope they explain it. Next episode of Nitro. It's the 8th of March, episode 182. Well, Nitro got a 4.4 off of a 4.9. So they stayed above the freeze in the head-to-head hours. Raw received an illegal 6.45 off of a 6.5 and a 6.4. Holy shit. A lot of people... Watched wrestling that week. I mean, you think about that. That is incredible. But I kid you not with commercials. The entire Arm Flair interview, Hogan won, Ricky Rackman twice, Conan video, Jesus Christ. Not Jesus Christ, as in, that's my explanation for it. Uh, Flair highlights from last week, and now Hogan and Nash talking about going to plan B. And we are over 35 minutes in. Well, 42 minutes in, and Buff and Scotty are pulled over and given a ticket. Later, they tell a girl to stop smoking as they have a police badge. Now a parking meter and they take his change. They do something else and the police allow them to go after helping them out. We get more Ricky interview with Kidman and then more people like that. Tori is shooting at a range and Nash and Hogan are hitting on her. Flair is not going for their plan, so they're regrouping. They're all going to get something to eat, but later Hogan likes the hair down and she goes back to shooting. They're now eating dinner. They're talking about girls and hotness. We are at 55 minutes. Her friend arrives and Hogan is slobbering. They're doing this in black and white like 8mm style and get the funkier feel. It sucks balls. Her last name is Robinson. She's not trying to seduce Nash who asks and they all giggle and this is really horrible. Tori assures them that Space Mountain is a joke. Denise will get paid 20 grand if the job is done. Yep, they did it. Here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. And this is honestly the worst hour, worst first hour of wrestling I have ever witnessed. Goldberg is supposed to come up, but instead David and Tori come out. Gene is indignant, and David tells him off that he wants to talk to his dad man-to-man. Tori agrees and takes a poke about the WF, and they will wait as long as possible, but they will not strip down to their underwear or chain themselves to the post. Gene mumbles something, and here comes Goldberg. 
Well, okay, Goldberg finally finishes the long walk, and Gene asks if Goldberg is taking exception to what David is doing. Goldberg has respect for his family, so will not take care of business like he usually does. Goldberg tells him he needs to learn respect for his father, who is essentially a legend. Goldberg tells him that he has no respect for his time and tells him to beat it. David pokes him in the chest and gets his sorry ass shoved in the corner. Well, Goldberg tells him that he's a man who has lost his family, but his mind... Goldberg tells him that he's a man who has lost his family, but his mind too. Flair denies that and screams he's the greatest wrestler ever and will become the 14-time champ. Goldberg tells him that he's not only lost his mind, but stepped over the line. Well, Flair responds that he is the line and rolls around. Flair was going to let him go. He's going to wrestle him tonight because he is the president. Goldberg is in and tells him it will be his last mistake. Oh, my God. So we're getting Goldberg flat. I mean, that's quite cool. But where did that come from again? It's like, let's put it together. And Flair wooing in Goldberg's face. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this could be interesting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's not bad. And finally, <laughs> finally, James. Finally. We are at match number one. Yay. And it is Raven versus well, they embrace and then Raven wallops him. They brawl up the rap. Hack is body slammed on the grating and Raven brings out a table. He places Hack on it and then climbs up the scaffold and elbows him. Both are down and here comes Bigelow to pick up the pieces. And he stomps and beats them both. This match is tossed. No, it's not. Bam Bam wails on the both. But then Raven and Hack get up and the fight continues. Damn, this is really long and I guess it is over as they just stumble around and they go to footage from last week. Yeah, Jericho comes out and calls himself the king of the dog collar matches and taunts Saturn. He wants to show what he has tonight. And we go on to match two and it is Chris Jericho versus Lismark Jr. Well, Jericho in control but Lismark pulls him back and then go up top, leap into a gut punch him down and the tamer finishes it. It was surprisingly a boring match for Jericho. Yeah. Well, here comes Buff and Steiner, and the latter does his thing and mocks the fans, and the ladies love him. There is nothing finer than Steiner, and someone called him in a big, bad, booty daddy by the end of the night. Buff tried to talk some sense into Booker T for not wrestling Steiner tonight, but would not listen, so hit the stupid man's music. And that is match three, Scott Steiner, who is the champion, versus Booker T for the WCW TV title. Well, Tony called for the TV title. No mention of the US title, of course. Also, I just noticed no one mentions, no mention of Hall since the paper. Do you think he's drying out again, Dan? I think he must be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Booker is pushed into the corner, but he turns it around and the ref breaks it. Booker runs him down and then hammers him in the corner. Steiner reverses with the whip in the corner, but he is dropped with a spin kick as Scotty runs at him. Booker kicks him in the gut, and the hill, and then Hill kicks him to the floor. Buff gives him some effects. Scotty gets in the ring and takes him down and drives his forearm across the head. And it's been Scott Steiner in control since then. Buff Bagwell looking on now, and Scott, whose fans have chanted that a steroids at Steiner has annoyed him a lot, but he's going to look to put Booker T away in this title match. So did Steiner actually do steroids? <laughs> Does do bears actually shit in woods? Do you reckon? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, I cannot confirm nor deny that he may or may not have been using illegal performance-enhancing substances. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. But I mean, Booker T. Well, credit to him, beat Bret Hart has been on a slight roll recently. Of course, let's not forget. And a suplex by Steiner, but oh, Booker managed to get out of it. Swinging net breaker by Mister T. Again, <laughs> Booker. Win 
the championship here tonight against Scotty Steiner. You wouldn't get a bet against it. And now Steiner right hands, but blocked by Booker. Close on, duck by Booker T. Hits him with the scissor kick. And Booker's got it. Now Steiner in all sorts of trouble. Booker again, clothesline. Well, Scott Steiner begging off, begging off. And again, Steiner in another feud. One man flapjack for Booker. Spinner is his way up to his feet. And now Booker looking to put him away. Harlem side kick. He's going up looking to put him away. The missile drop kick. Scott's got hold of the ref. Here comes Buff. Oh, crutches Booker on the top rope. And now Steiner looking to end it. Locks in the Steiner recliner. Oh, Booker's got nowhere to go. And Booker slowly fading. Checking the arm. And he's out. Well, Booker's arm didn't go down. Explain that to me quickly. <laughs> well, the ref usually checks the arm three times. If it goes down all three, then you're out. Booker's arm dropped twice. And then the third time, he grabbed Steiner's hand to try and pull it away. And the ref rings for the bell. And now Steiner's got a chair. And Booker T is out on the floor. And he just wraps it across the back of him. He's just beating him down. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, so much for Booker's push. A clean win against Brett and two straight losses. Shenanigans or not, it just proves at WCW that they know they don't know what they're doing one week and then they fuck it up. They do know what they're doing one week and then they fuck it up the next sometimes. Well, they beat him up some more after the match. Well, Gene is pointless. Exactly. Well, Gene is with Jerry Flynn. Sonny comes up and apologises for what happened last week. Sonny goes to bribe him and he's shoved down. The cat kicks him in the back of the head. Cat cuts his ponytail off. What? The That's mullet. where all the power is from. The mullet is gone. We move on to match five, and it is Scott Norton versus Rey Mysterio. Yeah, so can the giant killer continue his streak at the moment against someone as big as Scott Norton? Well, not a good match. Ray had zero offense against a flute win. If you're a giant killer, you should at least get in some offense and make it look credible. Well, just incredible. <laughs> Match six, and it is Van Hammer versus Bret Hart. Well, nothing much here. Bret went from getting somewhere to going nowhere. He brings in a chair and smashes it against the knee a few times. And Nash and Hogan join Savoni at the announce table. Nash cracks jokes at Hogan as he calls Flair some names. And our main event is Ric Flair versus Goldberg. So they're just throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks at the moment. It's full interest, Dan. This is a lot more interest than last week's main event. Most certainly, yes. And, uh, you know, Goldberg, if you want to make Flair a credible title challenger, then surely... Don't call me Shirley. He must beat Goldberg. Yeah. But if you want to ruin Goldberg, then (laughs) Flair must win. Yeah, an old man beating Goldberg. But we just think we are six days away from the pay-per-view and we have no... Apart from Ric Flair or Cage, you know, we don't really know much else about the show itself. We've seen Mysterio picking up wins. We've seen Stein involved different places and different things. We don't know if Goldberg's going to be there either. So here we go. Flair Goldberg, first time ever. And we're getting on Nitro for free. And they don't make a big deal of it anyway. They just, you know what I mean? Kind of an elbow tie-up and, of course, power advantage. Just throws Flair across the ring. <laughs> Flair bounces back up to his feet, though. Goes for a second attempt. Well, he's got the experience on Goldberg. Let's not forget that Flair is the dirtiest player in the game. <laughs> and if 
Beating him up doesn't help. A woo in his face is sure to put him down. Well, Flair will not be intimidated. He's been there with the best in the business the past 20 years. He's faced everyone there is, so he won't be intimidated by Goldberg. <laughs> As he bounces off the ropes, tries shoulder barging Goldberg and just falls to the mat. Does it a second time. and That is funny. You know, Ric Flair, he is... <laughs> He has been around the yeah. block a fair few times. You know, he knows. <laughs> and he goes for a third time, but Goldberg just power lifts him above his head. Oh, my with God. Ease oh. And slams him to the mat. That's what they need to do. Just feed Goldberg all the old legends. <laughs> the fans are loving it. Just do that each pay-per-view. You've got 12 legends. Just stick them on pay-per-views. Well, can I just point out <laughs> that Ric Flair has actually lasted longer than Kevin Owens... <laughs> And Brock Lesnar has. <laughs> so, you know, true. you call Flair old and washed up at this point. You know. Yeah, no, to be fair, he's still to he's be fair. still in this one. Even though he's feeling the effects. You know, he might be the president. Right, well, Flair's had enough of this match. Goldberg has decided that Flair hasn't quite had enough. No, it's not over yet. Oh, my God, picking him up again. Got him over his shoulder <laughs> in a fireman's carry. And again, Flair got him more offence than Kevin Owens and Brock Lesnar. Flair, though, I mean, a couple of massive chops. But to hit that low blow, the referee definitely saw that. I mean, I know he is the president. I know he is the nature boy. But, I mean, come on. Going for the cover. One, two. Oh, my word. And Goldberg just powering out, throwing Ric Flair off him. The Flair goes for a rake to the eyes. Well, every single shortcut. And Flair's attempting here. Oh, Flair, we know you've got Hogan next, so we're going to give you a, a warm-up match against Goldberg. Don't worry, you're going to get a fair bit of offence in. Exactly, yeah. Now chops to Goldberg in the corner, using the right hands. Flair with punches to the kidneys and the ribs. Goldberg's in pain. Well, Rick knows exactly where to get you. Don't become that successful in the business if you don't know, but Goldberg just going to use his power and strength and flare again. Third low blow to Goldberg. I mean, what would hurt less, a taser or three low exactly, blows? Exactly, yeah. Or Goldberg in serious danger and Flair just knows exactly where to target. And here comes Flair again, working on the leg now. Goes low with a chop block, classic flair. Now he's going to try the figure four on Goldberg. And he's got it on. As the referee's checking on Goldberg, Flair's reaching out for the... And Goldberg just sitting up in pain. Yeah, well, Goldberg's dragging Flair across the ring. Turns it around, reverses the pressure. And we know this mu how much this hurts if you do reverse the pressure. Flair breaks it, manages to get out. But the damage is done, I feel, to both men. And now Flair putting Goldberg back in the corner. A huge chop. Well, I don't know if that hurt Goldberg or just annoyed him. Well, by the look in his face, Goldberg's getting pissed off with Flair now. And he just screams in Rick's face. He starts punching away at the stomach and the chest and a couple of chops. And he's not feeling anything anymore. Flair goes low. A kick to the knee this time. A second, and Goldberg just gets up, clotheslines him down. Well, the leg, but Goldberg is going to try and see through the pain. 
Goldberg just punching away. Irish whips a flare. <laughs> does a flare bump over the top rope <laughs> to the outside. See, look. Triple H tries that move. Tears his pectoral. Flair does it. And he's done it near enough for every single match for 30 years. I hope he does the flare bump next. Please. <laughs> well, Goldberg's backed him up in the corner. Well, I guess oh, he'll wait a minute. Up to the jaw of Goldberg. Wait a minute, Dan. Flair is going up. And Goldberg's got him. Oh. Flair bump. Throws him across the <laughs> ring. Right, now he's got to do the flare. No, he ain't going to do the flare drop, is no, he? No, he's not. Spear. Oh, missed. Flair dodges out of the way. Goldberg hits a second turnbuckle. And now Flair with a suplex to Goldberg. Look at the power of Flair. Goldberg stands <laughs> straight up, though. And Flair doesn't know. As he's strutting away. Starling profiling. Oh, Goldberg with a spear. And the spear hit to Flair. And you know what happens next? The NWO come through the crowd. Well, here comes Disco and he beat Here come the black and white. Vincent, Stevie Ray, Horace. Goldberg throws Disco onto Horace. The bell's oh. run. Yeah, the match has been cold. Here comes Vincent and Stevie. Well, the black and white were getting beaten black and blue. Irish trip reversed. Shoulder block, but here comes Nash and Hogan. And now Buff Bagwell, Scott Steiner. And what the effing F. Come down to beat down Goldberg. In what wasn't a bad match either, was it, you know? No. And Flair fighting off the NWO. Low blows getting dished out. He takes out Vincent and Disco. Low blow to Steiner. Turns his attention to Horace. Oh. oh gets his eyes raked by Hogan. All right, of course, we're out of time here on Nitro. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, it was a very good Flair Goldberg match, actually. Um, you know, you're quite surprised at how much uh, offence the dirtiest player in the game got in, but it was a well contested match until the pointless NWO interruption. Yeah. I know, and what a shitty go home show. Instead of building up the pay for you, get an hour of absolute garbage, and there was no logic to it. So we move on to the pay-per-view for WCW for the month, and it is uncensored, 1999. March 14th, 1999, we're in Louisville, Kentucky. Hosts are Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. They shill the barbed wire steel cage match that sees Hogan versus Flair, with Flair retiring if he's in the title. Well, we get clips of the Nash Ray feud. Big Lazy took a job to Ray in the build-up to the show, possibly so he could bring it up for years to follow when accused of putting himself over as a booker. Just the two world titles in exchange for a job no one remembers then, Kev. We get Cruise White title match to start off. It's Billy Kidman versus Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah, this was a really good match. It hit a slow-down spot around 10 minutes, but Mikey looked great out there. Obviously, he got de-pushed into oblivion after he only had a job because Bischoff hated Paul Heyman and wants to steal all his talent. We get Vincent versus Stevie Ray. Horace comes down, claiming to be the leader, and throws a slapjack in. Vincent gets it, but waits for some reason, so Stevie kicks it out of his hands, hits a slapjack, uh, the move, for the pin at 6.32. It was absolutely horrific, and why give the pedigree to someone who can't even execute it properly? True that, and up next is Kevin Nash with Lex Luger, and Miss Elizabeth versus Ray Mysterio Jr. So we're at the pay-per-view Mysterio has beaten Nash before. He's gone over Scott Norton and Bam Bam Bigelow here. But Nash has definitely got fans 
in the arena. So which way do you see this going then? Is it the giant killer or is it the big sexy? Well, I see Ray is on absolutely a huge monster push. So what better way to WCW than having him losing to Nash? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Being put here on the pay-per-view as Mysterio just gets frail foot in the air. At least 14 foot up and all the way across the ring. And Nash just shaking it off. Looking very cocky as he's in full control of the man he demasked. And now he's got Mysterio again, but Ray trying to turn it round into a bulldog. Well, catches a wheelbarrow and plants him with the bulldog, as you say, yeah. And now Mysterio trying to get a bit of uh, momentum going. Drops a leg as he springboards in. And now Nash is down to his feet. Mysterio trying to carry it on. He'll kick, sends Nash all the way to the outside. Onto those mats. And how thin are those mats, Dan? Those mats are wafer thin, just mere millimetres thick, and it is pure concrete underneath them. Oh. And Ray there, 619 attempt. Well, faking out this time with a baseball slide, kicking Nash in the gut. And Ray slides oh. out and gets thrown back first into barricade. Once, and it was successful, but again, the power just too much. I mean, Nash... Three times the size of Rey Mysterio. At least four times the size of Ray Ray. Throat first onto the hard part of the ring. And Ray's had some tough battles in the past couple of weeks. And Nash has just been sitting on commentary and then choosing when he comes down to beat people up. Exactly, he's taking it easy. You know, the Wolfpack seems to be in control at the moment. We'll see if that changes tonight. Flair, Hogan, still cage. Of course, that's first blood. And uh, we've got the tag team titles on the line as well later to come. I've noticed the pay-per-views are no longer WCW slash NWO. Yeah, it's good they finally changed that now because, like, I know they brought the NWO back, but they really should move on. You look up, we talk, you know, what happened with DX in WWF, but the NWO angle, which has been three years now since it really started, you know, so you'd want to see him move on. A lot like Mysterio, but the NWO stayed the same. Nash, Hogan, you know, Hall hasn't been around, but he's still United States champion. <coughs> As we see all the steel cage hanging over these competitors as Nash is back Ray up in the corner. He's looking for the perfect shot, but Ray's a bit too short, so he perches him up on a top turnbuckle. And now he's in the frame, ready for a huge Nash elbow. Sends him to suck it and then sends him to the floor. Do you think it's Mysterio's mistake, though, for not joining the Wolfpack? Um, no, not really. I think, you know, he's... Uh... If he wants to push, he needs to be pushed outside the Wolfpack. Because being part of the Wolfpack, he's just going to get lost in the shuffle. I mean, all that great talent that has been lost in the Wolfpack shuffle. Horace, Vincent, and uh, Stevie Ray, Disco. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't get matches if you're in the Wolfpack. Yeah. You only get the odd beat down once or twice a night. That's true. I still think there's too many people in the NWO and the Wolfpack. I don't know why they're black and white. Still happening, but one thing we know is Nash is completely dominated Mysterio at the moment. But when the Wolfpack, when the Wolfpack went over to WWE, they they only had like the literal three members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think they should have kept or you know done something with that. Now Nash just picking Mysterio up, nearly hitting the lights in an atomic drop. But I think you know the uh, WCW they missed a trick where they could have had. A huge Survivor Series slash Invasion type night. WCW versus NWO. Mm -hmm. Winner take all. Yeah, exactly. And we never saw an end to it. 
And Mysterio has just punted for good. And we've seen the referee's been a bit more lax recently. Mysterio, drop kick to the face of Nash. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh, oh but Nash managing to kick out. Oh. And now Nash in the corners. Ray going to try Bronco Buster. Hits the mark. Tardis. And now Nash in all sorts of trouble. Westside. Mysterio going up. Moonsault attempt. Oh, but Nash catches him. Drapes him over his shoulder. What's the ref doing in that? Oh, referee getting involved. And Nash distracting the ref. And Luger grabbed the leg of Mysterio. He gets a big boot in the face from Kevin Nash. And I don't think Nash is messing around anymore. Well, the straps come down. Nash means business. He's looking to end this one for good. And now Nash, leader of the Wolfpack, is going to finish off Mysterio. The giant killing story is going to be over. Oh! A huge powerbomb. And a jackknife. Nash in the cover. Two, three. And Nash destroys Rey Mysterio's push. Gets retribution for that. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Typical WCW. Give someone a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel and then completely Kevin Nash it. Well, this is a problem, isn't it? You know, like I said, with Booker T and Mysterio, gets some momentum and then it gets kind of taken away, which, you know, is a shame. Uh, but Mysterio was featured in a high-profile match and we'll see what they do with him after this where he's lost his mask down to uh, the the booker, who is Kevin Nash. Well, after the match, we get some clips. We get promos from Raven, Hack and Bigelow. None of them look good at all. And the WWF video packages just totally owned WCW. Yeah, and this is another thing. Again, there's another nail in the coffin. And it's Jerry Flynn versus Ernest Miller with Sonny Ono next. Jerry Flynn. No one gives a flying shit about Jerry fucking Flynn. Well, Ono gets accidentally tagged at Flipper Minute 7. Miller actually made the save, but I'm just happy the match is over. Backstage in the Horseman, Benoit and Malenko tell us that Wyndham and Henning are cowards. They got outsmarted at the pay-per-view, but won't this time. They sell the belt shots and says it'll be about vengeance, respect and revenge. It was quite a good promo from these guys. Very straightforward. The straps will come into play tonight in the Lumberjack match. Well, up next is Bam Bam Bigelow versus Sandman versus Raven with Chastity. Man is called Hacking WCW. He's covered in barbed wire here and has a single ball cane. This match is Raven rules. Chastity used to be in ECW. She was in the ECW incarnation of the flock before Valentin for Just Incredible. WCW brought her in to be Raven's sister. She famously lost the job in WCW. I think it was real. She'd be in some hardcore pornography. Oh, the film was called Live Bait, if anyone was thinking about searching for it. And uh, I'm just going to be going to the toilet quickly. I'll be back in about 15, 20 minutes. Well, Chastity has the fire extinguisher and sprays Raven. Then she headbutts him square in the happy sacks. And Hack gets a pin at 14.29. I'm still not sure what the point of the hill turn was, but the match was a barrel of fun. It had an ECW vibe to it. And unlike the WWF matches from the same sort of time where they had clean feel to them, ECW matches were dirty, and this was quite dirty. The booking doesn't really make a lot of sense, but at least they were using these guys. I thought Bigelow would just get buried after feud was done. And post-match, Chastity leaves with Hack. Love the Raven pose before the headbutt. I didn't really notice until the replay. 
And up next, it's the tag team titles, Barry Windham and Kurt Henning, who are the champions, going against Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. So, Lumberjack strap match. And the Lumberjacks, Lumberjacks are Norman Smiley. Chris Adams. Prince Iakea. Humorous. Kenny Chaos. Bobby Duncan Jr. Kendall William. Fuck me. Kendall Windham. And Barbarian. Well, Tony said Barbarian is out there, but I actually haven't seen him. I'm guessing he thinks Prince Ikea is Barbarian. I mean, they look very similar, these two men. Um, I'm guessing <laughs> today questions having Kendall out here with his brother being in the match. Henning winks at Kendall pre-match. Today sees it. The other two don't because they don't care. Well, out comes Arn Anderson to add his weight to the Lumberjacks in place of Chris Adams. Tanae thinks that even things up in terms of biased Lumberjacks. And it's kind of been them throwing uh, Malenko Benoit to the outside and getting beaten up by those hills. And now it looks like Hen- Henning and Wyndham will be retaining their championships. Got the sleeper in. Been wearing him down, even though you've got Arn Anderson screaming at, uh, encouragement at ringside. Malenko trying to fight back. And, of course, we saw Malenko and Benoit lose last month. The tag team t- titles, again, taking away a feel-good moment. Can it can be reversed here tonight? Huge chop from Henning to the chest of Malenko. And Malenko in all sorts of trouble now, the wrong part of town. Benoit coming in, but he's not really helping the situation out. Situation. situation. Wyndham throws him to the outside, and he's getting whipped with belts and everything. They're not even bothered trying to get him back in the ring. They're just whipping the granny out of him. <laughs> As Arne Anderson comes round, being the enforcer that he is, and throws him back in the ring. He's trying to help his men out, part of the four horsemen. But it's Henning and Wyndham that are champions at the moment. Wyndham's in and he clotheslines through Malenko. He goes for the cover but only gets a two count. Two. And this is where the two veterans coming into play here. Stopping Malenko from getting out to Benoit. And he's definitely are the bigger guys of the match as well. Wyndham certainly has a huge size advantage over Malenko. And just raining down right hands in the corner. Malenko looks to be out of it at the moment. Irish whip to Malenko in the corner. Malenko tries jumping over Wyndham but gets caught on Wyndham's shoulder. But Dean with a backslide runs into a back elbow though. And now Wyndham has got Malenko in a back suplex but look at Dean fighting it. Manages to fight his way <laughs> out of it but still gets caught in the backdrop. Can he get... Oh, go on. Can he get the tag to the rabid Wolverine? Oh, Henning desperate to get in as well, make it fresh. They've got the advantage outside, but Malenko chomping at the bit. Here comes Henning. Benoit gets a tag in as well. But still gets caught by Chris Benoit, who always trips him into the corner. Close eyes him down, turns his attention to Wyndham. And a meeting of the minds between the two. And Malenko's quickly recovered. <laughs> well, he's going after Henning. Benoit's just knocked Wyndham down. Both men got the other in the corner now. They're chopping away. Oh, should reverse by Henning. Both men go to a kick to the gut, but it only affects Henning. And now Malenko trying to back suplex, but Henning holding on. Malenko, uh, Benoit, and Bay Wyndham gone to the outside now. They're mixing up with the Lumberjacks. And I think the Lumberjacks are having a little disagreement with themselves as well. Uh, Wyndham's getting whipped to sorry with the belts. And he's sh- Kendall's trying to save his brother. <coughs> and the referee's distracted by this. Malenko's got Henning. And oh, and Henning's got something. He's got the... 
punches Malenko, punches Arn Anderson. But Arn Anderson's getting, I think, a tire iron out. Oh, not the dreaded tire iron. Oh! That's in the back of the head of Henning. Well, referee didn't see it. And now Wyndham and Malenko fighting. And Malenko's got that belt. And we know what happened last month about the belt. Oh, bless him. He has to go all the way to the top. And now he gets him. No, he doesn't. Well, Benoit helps him, though. Yeah, Wyndham sells it enough. And now Benoit to the top. Henning may be out. Oh, Henning's like three quarters of the way across the ring. Benoit with a diving headbutt. Three. Gets the three. <laughs> and we've got new tag team champions. An actual feel-good moment from WCW, Dan. What's he saying? It's good that they put the title on the murderer. Fantastic. You're sick in the head. I love it. In fact, a great moment. What do you think of the match? It was an absolute great feel-good moment, yeah. It is, um, you know, they they deserve to get them at the last pay-per-view. Yeah. But I think, you know, delaying it, delaying it a bit makes it feel a bit more better. It, it does in a weird way. And if only WSW actually did this, you know, on more occasions... It would make sense, you know, but we never really have that kind of payoff, do we? Which it, is disappointing. It would have made a bit more sense as well if there had been a little bit more build-up to it. Yeah, and the thing is, though, the horsemen do win the gold, and let's hope they move on to bigger and better things after this as well, you know? Well, James, we are on to the dog-collar match, and it is Chris Jericho with Ralphus versus Perry Saturn. Well, this is a dog-collar match, and what is this, Night of Stipulations? See, it is uncensored. Saturn has a new knockoff entrance music, The Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson, uh, especially butchered by WSW. It sounds brutal. He's looking very weird. There's a dress made of chains, slash leather, and heavy eye makeup. And a yellow contact lens. Jericho gets on the mic and tells Ralphus he's in the dog collar match. Ralphus points at Jericho because he's in the match. Jericho slaps him and tells him to get out of here. Y2J stole some more because Saturn has black lipstick on and he looks incredibly fucking weird. Well, it's not a bad match between the two, as good as a dog collar match can be, really. Uh, Saturn pulls out the second Death Valley drive for the pin uh, at 11 minutes 49. Jericho, they, they kind of botch this thing towards the air. Mr. Splash with a chain wrapped around him. And Jericho's pushes officially over as he's refused to sign a new contract, Dan. What would that lead to, do you reckon, in 1999? Is he going to All Elite Wrestling? <laughs> we shall see what happens. Jericho's not signed, so that's why he was on a losing end here tonight. So another one that could be following in the big shows. Footsteps. Well, the match was hit and miss. The crowd couldn't get into the slow pace and the multitude of gimmick matches were starting to lose. Plus, they fucked up near the end. Um, well, multiple mul- multitude of gimmick matches, I mean... Why not just have a whole pay-per-view dedicated yes. to gimmick matches? I mean, you can have one for Elimination Chambers, <laughs> yeah. one for Hell in a Cell, one for this, one for that, one for ladder in the Money in the Bank ladder matches. and Exactly, and this is what they did, you know. Well, we move on up next. TV told Scott Steiner versus uh, Booker T for the TV title, and Booker T is one guy to have great music. Ooh. Well, again, the match ran too long for what it was. There were times where the crowd really weren't into it and times where they were. Steiner spent way too much time stalling, but at least these guys had decent chemistry. Yeah, and we saw a Nitro with Booker losing. He's been worn down here by Scott. and trying to get back to his feet. And now he's working out of it. Steiner goes for the shot. Booker gets the punch. Right to the eye. Now a kick by Booker. 
These two men exchanging. Oh! Booker goes to the Harlem sidekick, but Steiner moved out of the way. And he hit nothing, lands to the outside. Now Buff Bagwell has got the cable behind the referee's back. Belly to belly, overhead suplex for big papa pump. And so impressive is Steiner when he's not just talking and looking at the crowd. But he thinks he's in complete control. Now Irish rip clothesline, Booker dodges it. Oh, hits a flying forearm. Oh, Booker T back to his feet, but Scott Steiner again, just clubbing by blows. Who's in the NWO shirt? Buff Bagwell's there. He looks white. I know, he looks like a tool. I think his, his tan's not working with the red of the wolf pack. Uh. And now Booker sending Steiner back in the corner. Irish rip, he's trying to get the crowd into it now. Kick to the midsection. Oh, axe kick to the back of the head. And Scott Steiner's recovering quite quickly. But he's, he's doing a Buddy Murphy. He's he's backing off. And now Booker T. Flapjack. Spinner Roon is his way up to his feet. Come on, Booker. It means business. Going after TV title. Harlem, Harlem sidekick. Mr. Referee and Steiner. Kind of second time round. No, going the, up looking for the Harlem hangover or it, the missile dropkick. This is exactly what happened on Nitro and exactly what happened again. Buff Bagwell hanging Booker T up. How many times, ref? You must have seen that. Would you think he slipped? Well, the ropes could have been saturated in sweat. <laughs> or baby oil as uh, Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell like to lather themselves up before matches. Or each other up. I, don't yeah, know I think each that. other would be the, the, the premium option. And now Scott Steiner superplex. And he wants Buff Bagwell up on the apron. And hasn't he done enough? Well, he's coming up with a chair. And he wants him in the ring. And this is not legal. Referee, he's got to do something about this soon. Buff will a still chair. Oh, Booker ducks it. Buff accidentally hits. Oh, and Booker T just pinned Scott Steiner and won the TV championship. He can't believe it, but it's thanks in part to Buff Bagwell. Even the referee seems happy about that. <laughs> and Booker wins. I mean, and it was not a bad match with the chemistry. I don't like the interference, but I think this is the first time ever maybe NWO interference has, has backfired like this in a match. And yeah. Booker T walks away. Again, we've seen new tag team champions. He wins, and it gives you hope. It gives you a little bit of hope about the future. What did you think of the match? I've got hope, Joanna. Now, um, it seems to be going in the right direction in some retrospects. You know, you're getting a few feel-good moments. Do you think they realise that the pressure's on them? Because obviously, you know, they take note of what the TV scores are and how many people are watching. I think they do, but I think my problem with this is that they think that uh, putting the, the stars for more... It is going to get the ratings more than it is giving people a chance. And I think if they try it and the ratings still aren't good, they go, well, we did try it with, you know, Mysterio and Booker T, but obviously they weren't happy. So we're going to try again with Nash and Hogan and people like that, where I think people want something different, you know? Yes. Well, the reason for Scotty taking the job is because they want to move him up to the US title. Not that Booker T winning is that much of a rub because he's already held the belt like five times. Yeah. This is a sixth. So, I mean, he is... Yeah. Uh, just, if Booker T has reached the level there in the mid-card, can he go any further? Well, next, this is WC, 
WCW title on the line, and it's Hulk Hogan, the champion, versus Ric Flair. Well, this is a first blood barbed wire cage match. The cage has no door, and if Flair wins, he becomes WCW president for life. Yeah, right. (laughs) And if Flair loses, he gets banned from WCW. Yeah, right. Hogan has already retired Flair once. Wasn't that enough? Why have the title in there as well? Everyone knows Goldberg is the uncrowned champion. Anyway, speaking of whom, Goldberg isn't even on this show. Flair gets the mic before we get started. He calls over Charles Robinson and tells him only to stop the match at his own discretion. And that doesn't want it stopped for a small amount of blood. Keep that in mind. First blood. Yes, so here we go, and we've already watched the match, and Dan, look at this Ric Flair right now, and as you can see, he is bleeding quite profusely there, isn't he, you know, in the uh, in the first blood match. Yes, well, big boot, Hogan with a leg drop, oh no, is yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Well yes, as you say, Flair is bleeding profusely in this first blood match. A big boot, Hogan with the leg drop, huge pop for that. He goes to pin, but Charles Robinson tells him it's a first (laughs) blood match. Hogan points out that Flair is busted open. I'm the winner, he says. He backs Robinson down and tells him off. Flair is covered in blood in a first blood match. He pulls out the brass knucks, bashes Hogan in the head. He's busted open as well. This brings out David Flair and Tory Wilson. So both guys are bleeding. (laughs) In a first blood match. So how do they win now? I don't know. Charles Robson is not letting Hogan pin Flair. He's not called for the bell. I, I don't know what Charles Robson is doing. And now he's letting Flair. He's going for the cover with Flair. And Hogan kicked out. Uh. So Robinson's an, a biased official maybe in this one. No. And a chop to Hogan. <clears throat> Has absolutely no effect. Is Hogan hulking up? Oh my God, looks that way. And the fans are getting behind him. Irish whip. A huge chop, but Hogan just walks straight through it. You. He wants flair. It's 94 all over again. And Red Hogan, big boot. Here he goes again. Leg drop. Now he's asked Charles Robson to count. One, two. two. Did Flair kick out or uh, did Charles Robinson stop counting or I, did I, what? I don't know. Hogan stopped and Flair back to his feet. Well, this is meant to be a first blood match. Fire above the steel cage. And Flair now going to go for a suplex. Oh, completely. Barely lift Hogan. He's lost so much blood in his first blood match. <laughs> well, David Flair and Tory looking on. And Hogan again back to his feet. Oh, and Flair. He's kind of on his knees now after kind of hulking himself up. He bounces Flair off the side of the cage. Well, Flair is seriously hurt. And Hogan just having his way at the moment. But I don't know how Hogan can finish off Flair. He's picked him up. Oh, and Flair was like the javelin and the <laughs> fence like the javelin catcher. And Hogan threatening to hit Charles Robinson. 
And but Flair can barely stand because he's lost so much blood in. A first blood match. Uh, Hogan should just climb the cake. Oh, and he can't because of the barbed wire. There's no door. Oh, and Charles Robinson gets inadvertently knocked into the cage by Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Well, referee's down. They can't climb over. They can't get out. So Hogan was just threatening to drop Charles Robinson. But when Charles Robinson does accidentally get dropped, Hogan helps him out. Without a doubt, yeah. Now Flair with a low blow to Hogan. And Arn Anderson's out here. Coming blow from behind to here, uh, to David Flair. Well, we saw the horseman earlier winning the titles. And now Arn Anderson just warning, warning Tory. And Tory jumping on the back of Arn. Oh, my God. And now Arn just pulled her off. And now that tire iron we saw earlier. So it's a match that anything goes, but a tire iron is deemed an illegal object. Exactly, yeah. Flair using it. Back to Arn. <coughs> Hogan is out. And now Flair. Figure four. He's got it in and Hogan's shoulders are down. Charles Robson counts. And Flair is a 14-time WCW champion. <laughs> <laughs> and he's president for life. For life. He's done it. Flair has done it. So three of the four horsemen have won titles tonight. Yeah. And Mongo's retired, thankfully. I mean, what a moment here. What are your thoughts on that match, Dan? (laughs) This first blood match. In the first blood match that Ric Flair won by pinfall. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) After the referee refused to count a pinfall for Hulk Hogan early on in the match. Oh, my word. Um, I don't know. Clusterfuck seems <laughs> too mild to use. Oh, it's unbelievable, isn't it, really? I mean, Flair is left here as champion, and the crowd are confused more than anything. They, um, they're uh, not the only ones that are confused. I thought the Wolfpack were the hills. Well, I think a match that should have been a feel-good moment, it was something that Hogan obviously booked to make himself look a bit stronger. I guess he wants, you know, more about, yeah, more facey. We've seen him hulking up. We haven't seen that in a couple of years, you know, three or four years. And you can hear the horseman's music and the horseman ride again. Like I said, Dan, leaving tag team champions and world champion, the horseman will be maybe leading WCW now in, in, in the, the future. But we shall find out, because that's the end of Uncensored. What do you think? I didn't think that was a bad pay-per-view, you know? It wasn't a bad pay-per-view, but it... Just left me so confused. Yeah, just it, this, this is the thing, and it needs to answer questions rather than make us ask them. And it, it's, it's really, really weird. Anyway, Monday Night Show, March fifteenth, and it is episode one eight three. Well, we start with a black and white clip of Denise Robinson meeting David Flair as he checks into a hotel, and we are live in Cincinnati, Ohio, for three hours of Monday Night Show. Tony Schiavone says that Uncensored will go down as one of the biggest nights in WCW history. He runs down some of the big winners at Uncensored. He mentions a contract to the main event and tells the NWO, too bad, live with it. And we got the steals of the Kidman-Mikey Riprap match. Tony talks about WCW Spring Breakout 99 at the University of Cincinnati. Uh, who cares? And then we get clips of the breakout. Again, who cares? We get a promo for the WCW 
NWO Thunder game. Which was an awesome game I had on the PlayStation. Uh, from Uncensored, Stills of Flynn versus the Cat and Sonny Ono. We go to a wrapping with the Cat press conference. Yeah, Cat claims to be undefeated, blah, 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 blah. Cat shows off his dancing skills, blah, 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 blah. And he says he has no respect for the wrestlers. Cat says WCW keeps throwing chumps at him to keep him down. And he threatens the panellists behind the cameras. Make this stop! (laughs) Well, to worsen the pain, Cat gets a couple of average-looking chicks to dance with him. And we go on swiftly to match one, and that is Meng versus Jerry Flynn. And horrible. Your winner is Meng via Dan's favourite finishing Tongan death grip in 4 minutes 11. And after the match, Meng speaks to the camera. And no, not another spring break clip. And we get a Ricky Rapman hosting. The horror! More black and white footage. Denise makes the move on David Flair in an elevator. Promo for WCW.com. Now Denise's key won't start and she wants to use David's phone. David reluctantly agrees. The door shuts. Anyone see where this is going? Well, from Uncensored, Raven versus Hack versus Bam Bam. More from Ricky Rackman. Yeah, he gets a word or two with Raven about Uncensored. Raven talks about his sister, Chastity, and makes a context of what he used to her as children. What he used to do to her as children. Yeah, Raven mentions a Dutch oven in part of the monologue. That is really kinky with your sister. <laughs> Raven talks about how he got Chastity and Hack jobs in WCW. And he will crush the two. Match two is Chris Adams versus Rick Steiner. And Rick Steiner comes out. At least I know who will win. Adams goes for a top rope axe handle and gets suplexed upon landing on the mat. Steiner hits the Steiner line. He drops an elbow for two. Two. He then goes up top, waits for Adams to get up and lands on the Bulldog for the for the win. And your winner is Rick Steiner via Top Right Bulldog in 3 minutes 15. As Shivoni spouts in his own brand of verbal diarrhea, Wolfpack music brings out Disco Inferno. And he goes to the announcing booth and grabs a headset. He whines about his entrance music being stopped. Zabisco responds by saying it's bad. Well, Disco talks about how he gets no music video. And then makes a great point. Conan's music video is overplayed. Well, that is not a good Yeah, good you're, point, you're, you're right about that, Dan. And he asks, out of respect, not to play Conan's video. Tony says it's in the program and he plays the video. Uh, yes! Uh, well, this copy, however, is rigged. Clips of disco dancing and screwed up lyrics are superimposed into the footage. This is funny. Well, as we go back to the booth, you can see Shivoni trying to hide laughter. Well, this looks like it's setting up the Conan Disco Inferno feud. Not bad. WWE actually using some fault and building a storyline. I'm for it. We get a promo for the K-Dog 187 t-shirt. James, it's coming your way. It comes with a parental advisory. Not responsible for your child getting his ass kicked on a playground while wearing this tripe of a shirt. <laughs> we go to back to those footage in which Kevin Nash and Tori Wilson spar in the hotel room. Denise is really trying to seduce David Flair. Who actually asks if she's doing so. No dice as David's in love with someone, Tori. Tori's heart starts to melt as a result, which results in an interrogation by Nash. I've seen bad Japanese kung fu films in which the acting was better than what David Flair was doing. And we get more WWE Spring suck out. Oh no, they've sucked in Norman Smiley for this shit. Where is humanity? The announcers talk about the horseman being on top. And for one census steals from the Hogan Flair match. Shivoni then makes an announcement. Coming next, it's Monday Nitro Live. Uh, well, what the hell was the past 55 minutes then? And then we get the opening montage. It's time for hour number two. 
two. The hour in which all the channels turn to the guys up north. And Nitro goes in the ring doing something that's supposed to be a dance. We see a white limo pull up backstage. Arn Anson, four beautiful women and Ric Flair all walk out. Well, it ain't the fucking four horsewomen of MMA then, if they're four beautiful women. Arn invites Charles Robinson, referee for the first blood match, and Flair synthesizer to walk with the party. And Mean Gene, who introduces Ric Flair. So far, reckon, so far, Flair and company is receiving a face pop. And Flair has a large bandage on his forehead. There's a sign saying, that's blood, damn it. Gene mentions the black cloud over the outcome of the match. And then he talks about Robinson's officiating last night. Arn stops Gene and says that he should congratulate Flair, which Gene does. Arn talks about how much of a professional Robinson is and how he called the match professionally. Knowing a cheap plug when he sees one, Gene hawks the encore presentation. Well, Gene says the free count was fast. Robinson rebuts and play, praises Flair. Well, Robinson says that although Flair's wounds were superficial, Hogan's were detrimental. Robinson said he did what any official would have done, and that would be stopping the match. Well, Gene congratulates Flair again. And Flair wants to pretend that the wrestling business is starting all over again. Yeah, he says whether anyone alive who watches sports like it or not, he's the 14-time heavyweight champion and the president of WCW. And as Flair speaks, Goldberg hits the ring. Well, the crowd is roaring for Goldberg. Flair asks Goldberg if he wants to congratulate him on being the champion or being president. Well, Goldberg says that love begging for his life. And Goldberg says that Flair is looking at the number one contender. And Goldberg wants a title shot tonight. Well, Kevin Nash then enters the ring with a mic. He apologises for stepping on Flair's parade. He says that if anyone is number one contender... It's him. He says that Flair robbed Hogan of the world title. Nash warns Goldberg not to jump at him. And says that even though Goldberg has 200 or so wins, Goldberg still lost to him. Well, Bill calls on an old man and tells him to shut up when he rebuts. And now Hollywood Hogan enters the ring. Hogan does not know why this conversation is taking place. He says that he got stabbed and he had Flair gushing and pinned and should be champ. Well, Hogan says to Flair, how did you get those women with your American Express card? Nice. Hogan talks about Nash wanting to beat up Goldberg. And Hogan says that he and Nash see the same way. Well, Flair says that the three challengers can talk all they want, and he and Arn are off to a party. Hogan then challenges Flair and Goldberg to a tag match later on tonight. Well, as Flair talks to Goldberg, he gets shoved. Arn steps in to be the enforcer and break up the melee. Goldberg says that if this will help Flair get Flair belt, he will accept the match. Well, I'll be damned. WCW is setting up a main event match ahead of time. Wow. More backstage footage. Uh, Vince and Horace argue about what happened last night. Horace claims that he threw the slapjack in the middle of the ring. And Vince was five seconds. Both men then say they're the leaders of the NWO black and white. Well, match three is Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Kidman for the Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah, so, I mean, the first hour was absolute garbage. And it's picked up because we know what our main event will be. And now we look forward to the Cruiserweight Championship match as we're getting Kidman and Rey Mysterio here. And now here comes Kidman. He's been a great Cruiserweight Champion. We've seen him against Psychosis and Juventud Guerrero. Now we're going against Rey. And with Rey, is this a step down for him going for the Cruiserweight title after, you know, being in the land of the Giants? Well, if he can hang with the Giants, he should have no problem sweeping Billy to one side. Well, we shall see. I mean, Kidman's been a great champ. And Rey already snapped there taking Kidman. Bottling Kidman recently. Oh, lovely. Hess is a takedown from Ray Ray. And I think Ray wants to show 
What do you think of his trousers? What are you doing in the ring? He's got a common kind of combat trousers on, hasn't he? You know? Urban combat. Looks like he's ready for, for war here. As Kidman takes down with a clothes on. Kidman again is like a street fighter in that way. The shorts and the vest. Both of these men maybe not wearing what a wrestler should, but these two men definitely can go. Race slides underneath the legs. Nice leapfrog by Kidman. And then monkey flips Rey Mysterio over. And Mysterio near the top rope. Oh, low bridge in Billy Kidman, who goes sailing over the top rope down to the mats. And Mysterio's not stopped yet. He's on the apron. Oh. This is a takedown by Rey Mysterio. Beautiful. Sending Kidman up the entranceway. Mysterio seems to be thinking. Now sends Kidman into the ring. He looks to get the crowd into it. He's going to springboard his way in. Oh, gets caught, though, by Billy Kidman and a drop kick. Now Kidman, Irish whip Mysterio, kick to Kidman. Now Kidman sent Mysterio to the apron, sent him down with a drop kick. Oh, and then just flings himself over the top rope, cross bodies Ray. Well, he is a bigger man, but that really means nothing to Mysterio at the moment. He's been fighting guys, you know, three ways. At least five, six times his size. With Kidman, it's more evenly matched as Ray gets sent into the barricade. We go to an advert. We come back and both men are in the ring. Billy Kidman's still in control. Looks like he's sending Rey Mysterio back in the corner with a forearm. Irish whip. Reversed and reversed again. Rey Mysterio, though, lifts his feet up in the corner, gets Billy Kidman in a head scissors and takes him out of the ring. And now Mysterio's not going to stop there. Look at his fingers, Wade. Oh! A nice plant, springboard plant over the top rope takes out Kidman. And they didn't even hit the mat. They just hit the like carpet over concrete. That's even thinner than the way for thin mats. <laughs> and Mysterio's got Kidman now. Looking to try and put him away. Now Mysterio again. Going to look to spring in. Lovely springboard leg drop. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh, oh but Kidman managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Now Irish whip reversed. Mysterio again climbing over, but Kidman catches him. Slams him down, and now he's going to put him in position. Oh, oh but Mysterio recovers quickly, cuts Kidman off. And now Ray climbing up with Kidman. And this is dangerous. It looks like Ray's going to try maybe a hurricane runner. Lovely. Spins round. Hurricane runners him off. One, two. Oh. oh. Just a two count for Mysterio. Two. But Ray feeling momentum now as Kidman reverses. Springboards get caught by Kidman. Backslide by Ray. And now Kidman has got Ray. Oh! It's like a sit-out pedigree. Two. Oh, oh but Mysterio managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And now Kidman, Irish whipping Mysterio over to the corner. Comes charging in, but Ray gets a foot up. A scoop slam. Mysterio rolls through with a cover. Two. Oh. oh I nearly got surprised one there. Kidman managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And now Mysterio with back suplex. Kidman lands on his feet. BK bomb on Mysterio. One, two. Oh. oh. But again, Mysterio kicking out. Uh-huh. Well, these two men really bringing it now on Nitro. Could go either way. And Kidman... Forearm shots. Irish whip. Clothesline. Mysterio dodges it. Oh, pop up by Kidman, but gets caught in an X-Factor from Ray. One, two. Oh. oh. 
So uh, close, but just a two count. Two. The last, last second there. <coughs> Irish rip reversed again. Now Kidman has got him up, but oh my word. Well, picked him up, just slammed him down. Wasn't pretty, but effective. Kidman going up in star press. And the fans cheering. They like this move. They want to see it. Oh, Mysterio rolls out the way. Oh, my God. Kidman hits nothing but Matt. And now Ray's looking to go up top. Springboard his way in. Here he comes. Hurricane Rana. Sends him round. One, One two. two. Oh, <laughs> Kidman kicking out. Uh-huh. What is Ray's finisher at this top? At uh, this time, it's basically like a Hurricane Rana pin attempt. There's not really anything else. Because he's had like three or four finishers. It's just if you, yeah, it's literally if you just catch him. And now Kidman just caught Mysterio with a bulldog. It was a bit like a sliced bread, wasn't it? Well, yeah, missed him once with the shooting stars going to go up again. But again, Mysterio cutting him off. Second rope, Hurricane Rana. And now Mysterio trying to look to put him away. No, rolling through. Kidman. Oh, wheelbarrow from Ray Mysterio to the bulldog. Two, three. Oh! And we've got a new Cruiserweight champion, and his name is Rey Mysterio. He wins, but what a match, Dan. What are your thoughts? Absolutely incredible. And this, as I keep saying, is the only shining light in the shit show that is WCW. Well, the Cruiserweights pull it out again. I mean, shame for Kidman to lose in it, but Mysterio wins. Do you think that's a good decision to give it to Rey? Most definitely, yeah. He's had some great matches, you know, with the bigger guys and that. He's... You know, been up and down with them, but it is a great consolation prize. You know that they're definitely never going to give him the yeah. world championship. Um, I think the US championship seems a bit out of his reach as well, unfortunately. It shouldn't be, but I'm looking at things through WCW's eyes. I completely agree with you. Well, after the match, Tony Hawks, his hotline. Uh, Tanay. Well, after the match, Tanay Hawks, his hotline. And backstage, Stevie Ray bitches about the Harlem street fight last night. Both he and Horace say they lead the black and white. Stevie ends up decking Horace. Disco comes in and is told to ask Hogan what's going on. Disco then tends to Horace, who wants Stevie Ray in a match tonight. More build up. Pinch me. I must be dreaming. Well, Mean Jean's on the entryway and calls out Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. It's about time Benoit got recognised and had a good title reign. Well, Benoit says there is no greater feeling than being number one. Well, Eddie says their belts are a symbol of trust and confidence to Malenko. He says he wouldn't want a different partner. And he calls and Malenko calls last night's win a team victory. He is ready to fend the belts tonight and Benoit obliges. From uncensored Kurt Henning and Barry Windham v Benoit Malenko in the Lumberjack match. And match four is Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko against Humorous and the Barbarian with Jimmy Hart for the World Tag Team titles. And as the interview ends, the champs walk to the ring. Their challenge is Morris and Barbarian. And you're with Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko via Benoit's diving headbutt in 8 minutes and 51 seconds. Yeah. I mean, it's the type of match that we kind of needed for the new champions to just get one over on a, like a semi-tough tag team. Post-match, Benoit calls out Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. They want a piece of the Outsiders. We get more Nitro Girls. And Wolfpack Music brings out buff, buff background Scott. More Venus than allowed by law. No, more veins. Fucking hell. 
Buff Bagwell's got more veins than allowed by law. Steiner. Steiner poses on the entryway. And he lets a cute woman at ringside kiss his cheek. Ah, oh, I hope she used disinfectant before kissing a man tonight. Steiner buzzwords used genetic freak, big bag booty daddy and hookup, etc. And he calls the NWA black and red the greatest athletes today. Steiner says that someone fumbled last night, though. Here it comes. Steiner points to Buff and says that he trained him since the injury, but his brain wasn't changed. He notes that since Buff hurt his neck, he isn't the same. And he says that he doesn't belong here anymore. Buff tells Steiner to look in the crowd for all the Buff daddy signs. Steiner says that while Buff cares about the fans, he couldn't give a shit. Buff says that since he got back into shape, Steiner is jealous. Well, Steiner says that Buff is the second best behind him. Well, Buff goes on to reply that Steiner may be Big Papa Pump, but he isn't Buff and he isn't the stuff. Well, Steiner says that Buff was nothing but he, before he joined the NWO and that he was nothing once he's kicked out. Well, Buff says this matter is getting out of hand and wants to drop it. Well, Steiner then shakes Buff's hand and then goes to hug him. <coughs> <coughs> then, in the second biggest non-surprise in wrestling this year, Steiner delivers a belly-to-belly suplex. Yeah, Steiner then brings a chair in the ring, hits Buff in the back repeatedly. Well, that's what WWE want you to believe. If you look more for the camera angles, you can see Steiner banging the wrestling mat with the chair. Steiner then puts on the recliner. He gets the mic and says that Buff and the fans... Or oh, ho-hum, not this again, and why do they mute suck and not damn? And worse off, why am I caring for a Scott Steiner angle? Well, match five... Is Stevie Ray versus Horace. This match is the determined control of the black and white, and if anyone cares. And your winner, Stevie Ray, via roll-up in 3 minutes 56. So post-match, Stevie chases Vince to the back. So is it, oh, it is black and white now. If Horace had the one, it would have been white and black. Yeah, that. Well, match six is Conan versus Disco Inferno. Conan comes out to his second rap song. Orderly! Arriba la raza! Bowdy, bowdy! You're getting rowdy, rowdy! Yeah, he talks smack about Disco comparing him to Nightcrawl. Instead of calling this match, the announcers talk about Nitro at Club La Vela in Panama City, Florida. Well, Lex Luger and Elizabeth come to ringside. And Luger cheers Disco on. As Liz comes to the apron, Conan greets her with a few crotch chops. Luger goes to the corner as Conan sends Disco for the ride. Disco turns it around and whips Conan into Luger's taped right arm. Disco then applies his chart buster for the win. And 9 minutes 48 and we get more Nitro Girl. Match 7, Chris Jericho versus Booker T for the world television title. Jericho has his ribs taped. A la DDP. A la James. A <laughs> A la Dan. <laughs> and your winner, Booker T via DQ in 12 minutes. 59 seconds. I mean, you've got four Hall of Famers in the ring right now, as we've just seen Goldberg came out, and Charles Robinson is the referee He's again. A future Hall of Famer. Well, it's interesting. He's in here. Can Goldberg trust Flair? They faced each other just last week. Oh, Goldberg's going around the throat, and he's picking up Flair. Throws him in the ring and said, "Flair, you're starting the match." Well, that's a good start. Nashville, sure, I'll take that. Huge slidewalk slam with authority. Well, it makes sense Nash and Hogan being involved because that's the guys Goldberg's got to beat next, surely. Don't call me Shirley. Two people that really don't need it to. And, well, you've got three people that really don't need the title and don't deserve to have it. And you've got one person that's 
in typical WCW fashion, probably not going to get the push that he deserves. Yeah, but Goldberg needs retribution against Nash, and I think Nash needs to be involved in it to, you know, get the job done for Flair and Hogan. They can move on, you know, they can feud legends if they want, but just but don't James, the main you're event. missing the big picture. We get to see Flair versus Hogan. 1,002 times. Two. I know, we've seen him face off. Like, we've seen Flair a lot in this one. We forget, you know, he's not wrestled throughout whole 1998. He's come back in 99. God, the world's worst snapmare <laughs> takedown as Ric Flair fumbles to get into the corner. Flair, Hogan's caught him. Oh, Flair bump. And Flair's down to Hogan with a clothesline. And again, he's on fire, baby. <laughs> Now he jumps to tag in Goldberg. Well, the former champ. The former champions. They're all former champions. The previous two. Previous yeah, previous three four. Champs. Previous four. Yeah, previous three. Flair beat Hogan, who beat Nash, who beat Goldberg, who beat Hogan. <laughs> so these four guys have been the champ for the last year. Yeah, basically, this has been a storyline in the last year. Where we see where it goes from here. I suppose there is a little bit of meaning to it. They probably didn't see it like that. No, of course. It's just a fluke, I think. But whoever's booking it made Hogan straight back up, though, after a slam by Goldberg. And they all hold heavyweight gold again, apart from Nash. Does Nash hold it again? Yeah. All right. They all hold heavyweight gold again. And Goldberg with a super kick. And it was like looking in the mirror there for Goldberg and Hogan. Both hit moves at each other. Both sprang back up again. You would say Goldberg got the bigger reception. And we're going to see a test of strength here between the two. Well, the night is now hopefully the star of the Millennium, Goldberg. Now Hogan backing up Goldberg. The crowd hugely chanting for Goldberg. The shots seem to be having little or no effect, though, from Hogan. Hogan just bouncing Goldberg's face off the top turnbuckle, <laughs> who then blocks it as Hogan tries to do it. Gets it reversed as Goldberg bounces Hogan's head off the turnbuckle. Well, this would work if they made Goldberg the focal point and the star of it, you know? Yeah. Get him over from this. This makes sense, and Hogan, though, goes low to stop. Well, push the future. And an Irish rip, and Hogan holding on. It's a bit of a test of strength between these two. Hogan reversing. Just so 80s. And no, not in his 80s. And now Goldberg fighting back. Well, Ric Flair must. <laughs> it's at least 104 at this time. And we thought that the uh, <laughs> the match at Crown Jewel was the oldest that <laughs> yeah. we've probably seen. No. This one. Just Ric Flair and Hogan being in it. Well, they bumped the age up to over 300. At least 400. And now Nash in. And he's talking trash to Goldberg. And Nash saying a little bit of fire at Goldberg. More serious side of him. Mysterio. No, he's not going for the crouch chop because uh, his friend Triple H isn't part of the X anymore. Well, I just thought of a really interesting fact. Nash has beaten Goldberg. Goldberg hasn't beaten Nash. So where's this interesting fact? That's interesting, isn't it? When you think about Goldberg's beating everybody. It's a fact. He's beating everybody. It is a fact. Apart from Nash. That's the only guy in the roster. It is a fact. Incredible. It's not interesting. He hasn't been Charles Robinson. He hasn't been in the match with Charles Robinson. If he's in a match with him, he's beaten him. Apart from Kevin Nash. How do you know? What do you mean? How do I know? Because he's been unbeaten. 
How would you know that he hasn't beaten Charles Anderson? <laughs> if he was in a match. Oh, what? So he's only ever lost once? Yeah. He's, he's only ever lost once. Nash. He's only ever faced Kevin Ash once. Yeah. <gasps> I know. <laughs> mental, isn't it? I know. Yeah. It's money. It's paid for you money there. It's Nash booking. Yeah. Well, Nash should say, let's go against Goldberg. Then we can say the only guy who's ever beaten you. And now uh, look at that Goldberg slamming Nash. Kevin Owens has never beaten Goldberg. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's not like that, though, is it? It's not like that, though, is it? Ric Flair. No. Never beaten Goldberg. Let's not forget that Ric Flair is your current world heavyweight champion. Exactly. 14 times. But Goldberg just flying out the corner there with the clothesline. I mean, only legends have the title 14 times. And a low blow by Kevin Nash. And that takes out Goldberg. And Charles Rob, come on now. I thought you were favouring Flair and his team. And you let that happen right in front of you. Hogan gets a tag. He's only favouring Flair. Well, when you think Flair is a president of the WCW, he can basically do what he wants. And he's just watching on at the moment. Hogan with a chop to the throat and a couple of punches to the head. That's just waking Goldberg up. He comes charging out of, from the Irish whip to the corner. Shoulder blocks Hogan. Oh, and Flair pretending he got the tag. Robson saying he heard it. Well, it wasn't a legal tag. And Flair now on the attack to Hogan. Well, Goldberg is just trying to play by the rules. So in this tag match, three of them are hills. Yeah, well, wait a minute. Hulk Hogan looked like the inner Hulk Hogan was fighting that back then from the chops. You! And he is hulking up. And the fans are cheering. Big right hand. Oh. Big right hand drops Flair, hits Goldberg, brings him into the match, who eats a big boot from Kevin Nash. Oh, my God. Now, Hogan, big boot to Flair. Goldberg fighting out Nash, though. Super kick to him. Hogan looking for his moment to hit the leg drop. Goes for the cover. And Robertson's not counting. He's not counting. He is the crooked official. Hogan's going to punch his lights out. And the fans are actually cheering for this. He texts Robinson. He sells it beautifully. Uh Uh-oh, no. Hogan, you're taking Charles Robinson down. Careful of what... Oh, a spear. Oh, my God. Goldberg runs through Hogan. Is that a sign of the future? We've run out of time. The match's not even over yet. Well, James, Goldberg still hasn't officially beaten Kevin Nash. Unbelievable. No. Even in tag team action. Not even in tag team action. The job hasn't been done for him, so the story does continue. What did you think of the main event, Matt? Um, it's, it's a bit weird. It still leaves me loads of unanswered questions. I mean, who won the match for starters? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um... You know, what's going on? Who is the number one contender? I thought this was a match for the number one. You know, it's it answers, it asks more questions than it answers. Yeah, and I think this is the problem with WWE, but at least it's a step in the right direction, you know? So we move on to our last episode of Nitro on this episode, and it's episode 1, 8, 2nd of March. We take a special look at Ric Flair's power trip post-title win along with assorted Goldberg, Nash and Hulkster fun. And we are live from Panama City Beach, Florida for WWE Monday Nitro Spring, a breakout. 
We see the end of the hardcore triangle match at Uncensored. Lots of Cinebirth signs. And match one is Bullpain versus Van Hammer. Yes. Oh, Hammer makes a money sign and hits a flashback for a little pin. That match pretty much sucks. Yeah, we see Fud Mysterio Jr. win the cruiserweight belt from Kidman. Ricky Rackman has the aforementioned frosted mini thug with him. And Ray says he'll give Kidman another shot at Spring Stampede. Well, there's people vying for Miss WCW Monday Nitro. Lots of chicks, lots of cinnabars. And it appeared that buff background Saturn were the judges. Ricky Rackman has Disco Inferno with him. Disco says that he saw a girl in a wet t-shirt contest that weighed more than him, so this isn't <laughs> a good sign. We tried a fact that Ricky tries to play the face, saying that he likes Conan's video better. Disco says that if Conan has a problem, he can face him at Spring Stampede. A special look at the buff Steiner breakup. Well, uh, a one in match in the first half hour was Bullpain against Van Dammer. Van Hammer. I don't think this is a very good sign. We see Fit Finley go into Rick Steiner's cabin. And Finley's checking to see if Rick showed up. Rick has a knife product spot for Surge. We take another look at the Flair, Goldberg, Hogan, Nash thing from last week. Ricky Ratman intros this week at WSW Motorsports in case things could suck any worse. Hack interrupts Ricky's monologue. He wants to be referred to as Hardcore Hack, the King of Extreme. Well, Ricky has heard that Hack will be facing Goldberg tonight. Well, Hack beats himself in the head with a Singapore, Singapore cane and leaves. Ricky kills the crowd by yapping on after he Hack leaves. We get a promo and it's 60 seconds with Goldberg. Lots of... Was he having sex? <laughs> WCW seems to be trying to put on suckier shows week after week. This would be laughable if I wasn't watching it. We get a promo for Sting hosting the WCW special on QVC this week. At least he's doing something with yeah. his time then. Uh, match two is Psychosis, Silver King, El Dandy and La Cucaracha versus La Parker, Damien, Lismark Jr. and Super Calo. I mean, what the hell? Another match? What are they thinking? It looks like eight-man Lucha Axon. Masked guy in a flannel shirt is a fourth man. Nobody knows the flannel guy. The flannel guy is La Cucaracha. Cucaracha delivers a series of stunners to the opponents and pins Damien for the win. Wow! Cucaracha was Disco Inferno. That was a cool, nice swerve by WCW. Well, some stuff from Mr. WCW competition. We get the normal Nitro opener, now at 9pm. Far be it for me to question, but shouldn't WCW put a good stuff on hour number one to try and keep viewers, rather than starting the fun after everyone's already switched to Raw? Talking of fun, we've got Nitro Girls. At spring break with Ric Flair and JJ Dillon. Flair says he owes it to the girls to show up tonight. He said he will come out and challenge the entire WCW, Goldberg, Nash, etc. But he'll do it lottery style. Rick wants J.J. Dillon to rig the draw with mid-carders and lots of cruiserweights so Flair will have an easy match. And Dillon says he'll help Flair out. Mike Tanay is at beachside with WCW consultant Dusty Rhodes. He says he heard that there was a disturbance between Big Dust and some of Rick Flair's people. Well, Big Dust says that Rick Flair promised him the commissioner's role and then promised us Larry Zabisco's spot in the announce booth. Dust isn't happy about Rick's oversight. It's an oversight. <laughs> I'm not happy with the oversight, man. Well, lots of Dustyisms, and Dusty promises to lay the smackdown on Tanay. Well, Dust says he'll be, he'll still be Bull of the Woods. Yeah, and Mean Gene calls out Ric Flair. Well, Flair comes out solo with the belt, and Flair is mean. Back up, Panama Steady, stay all night a little longer, Gene. Raven comes out and says he never received a world title shot, so he has six words for Flair. What about me? What about? 
Raven. Well, Flair says that if Raven wants to win a title shot, he and Kenya can wrestle Benoit and Malenko for the tag straps later tonight. Raven says that Canyon's off making a Jesse Ventura movie. Flair says it will be Raven against Benoit and Malenko tonight, then. Oh, well, Flair says that because he's the president and the greatest world champion of all time, he will defend his belt. They're going to put everyone's name in a hat and draw one name out. The name John will get to face Flair in the main event. Well, there's been more worthwhile moments in the last 10 minutes than in the first hour. Match three is Fit Finley versus Rick Steiner. It is our Suedo hardcore match where we can see Finley job to the shitty bulldog of death. And the first round US title tournament match tonight is Chris Jericho versus Big Papa Pump. But never fear, Nitro Girls are here. Match four is El Vampiro versus Juventud Guerrera. Well, Juve escapes a powerbomb, hits a UV driver and gets the win. That was a surprise. Yeah, for someone that's just debuting. Well, apparently going to get the finals of Miss Nitro and Ricky Rackman. Well, Ricky comes to the ring and asks the crowd if they want to meet Miss Nitro. And Miss Nitro is Judy Williams. Well, Miss Williams makes her way to the ring. And I mean, this is pointless. She's here from something Paula Junior College. Well, Nash Hogan and some bikini chicks come to the ring. Nash gets on the mic and he's going to do the NWO this oh, spring break. God almighty, do it every year. Well, they do a little judging. And the crowd starts chanting, show us your tits. Well, Nash says, I would, but the air's too cold. Well, David Flair and Tory Samantha Wilson come down. Tory strips down to her bikini as well. Nash called Ricky says that his girl is Miss Nitro. Well, Nash says that Ricky has to choose one of their women as Miss N.W.O. Oh, Ricky said he don't want to have anything to do with this. Well, he sets up for a powerbomb and says that he'll let Ricky up if they'll fly right. Well, Ricky says he'll pick whoever Kevin wants. Nash tells them to pick Tory. Well, Tory parades around in a little bit in a bikini. There you go. And Nash says, Sable, eat your heart out. Well, Nash plays to the crowd a bit more, and we come to a merciful end. Yeah, and Tanae says that's one NWO takeover. That wasn't too bad. Well, we move swiftly on to match five, and it is Hack with Chastity. Oh, my fucking ugliness. <laughs> going against Bill Goldberg. Yeah, well, incredibly, Daniel, like I said, you would not think in, in, in wrestling history that you might not have had Sandman versus Goldberg. When you think what Sandman's done for ECW... And Goldberg for WSW, but on this Panama City special in 99, we're going to see a match that we didn't know we wanted to see, but we curiously, we do. You know, we, we want to see this. Goldberg has been featured quite heavily recently. Would he be pulled out the hat later to face Ric Flair for the title? And now, look at that hack starting straight away. He's hardcore. Going to attack Goldberg. Choking him out over the barricade surrounding the pool. And that looks like pure metal there. That's not going to be nice to be choking on. It wouldn't, nice, it wouldn't be nice to choke on a metal pole. And now Hack's got Goldberg. Throws him in. And we've seen Panama City before. And I don't think it's a bad setting. You know, if Nitro want to do that every year, then fair enough to him. As long as they deliver him in ring. As Goldberg's decided that's enough now of Hack. As he grunts and psychs himself up to finish this match very soon. But no, Hack throws Goldberg to the outside. Now Hack's on the assault. I think this is a surprise. I wouldn't think he would have so much success against Goldberg. And he throws Goldberg back into the ring. Goldberg's trying to shake off the cobwebs. Now Irish whip, but reversed by Goldberg. Oh, Goldberg catches Hack. Slams him down. Looking oh. for the cross arm breaker. That's a really dodgy variation of it. Yeah, really high up than that, but Hack managing to get to that bottom rope. Why is there a chair in the ring? I have no idea. That's what I was just thinking. There's, There's two chair. chairs. 
I think that's what maybe Sandman and Chastity brought. And now Hack setting it up. Going to go for the Bulldog. Running Bulldog to Goldberg on the steel chair. And now he's got a Singapore cane or kendo stick. Now the referee's going to let it right go because it's apparently Hack rules. And the Singapore cane to the face. And again, Goldberg shrugs it off. Looks to choke Goldberg out, but Goldberg just blocks it. Hack falls to his head. Picks him Power up. Power slam from Goldberg. Oh, my God. Goes into the corner. Hits a spear. Well done. spear as well. Dan has a hell of a spear. And as he spits and points to the ground, what happens after the spear? Well, James, he jacks him up, hammers him down. Oh. Two, three. Goldberg beats Hack in dominating fashion there. And I think that definitely scratched the itch where we wonder if how how that match would go. Goldberg is dominant. Should they be doing more with Goldberg, though, Dan? Most certainly, yeah. He shouldn't be uh, having to face the likes of Hack. He, you know, he he needs... He desperately needs a challenge. I don't know whether they're trying to do this just to garner numbers for Goldberg. Yeah. But it is... It's pointless, but... You know, you can see the way they're trying to play it. Ric Flair's kind of got a bit of a power trip on. He, um, you know, he's trying to face smaller guys, i.e. Rey Mysterio. It is a bit of a weird one, but it's WCW, so do I expect any different? No, so we hope more for when it comes down the road. Mean Gene is out again? Yes, and he calls out Bret Hart. And Hart has his Calgary Hitman jersey on. And uh, we'd just like to note there are chairs in two corners of the ring for some reason. And Gene asks if Hart is discontented with the way WCW has been treating him. Hart says he came into a reputation not to lose one. When he says he's got a no world title shots, he says he doesn't get any respect. Hart reminds Vic Flair that Hart wiped the mat with him when he came to WCW. And Gene asks Hart about Hogan versus Hart. Yeah, Hart says people have dreamed about the match, Hart versus Hogan, but Hart doesn't believe it will ever take place. Well, Hart says that he and Hogan are the two biggest wrestling entities in the world. He says Kevin Nash may be seven foot tall, but you can't teach that. And Hart says he could beat Nash now like he was before. Nash may be the pencil, but Hart could be the eraser. Well, Hart says Goldberg has been hand-fed opponents, but has never had to step in the ring with a real technical wrestler. And he challenges Goldberg. He says he could beat Goldberg. In five minutes. Well, we just asked if Goldberg a challenge, and Bret Hart has just called him out. We get more Nitro girls, just like various WC personnel, Flair, Sonny Hono, Buff Bagger, Raven, Hogan, and Conan. Well, after the spot, you can hear Spice yell, get out of the ring, guys. <laughs> Match six is Horace versus Vincent. Rock versus Mankind going against <laughs> Horace versus Vincent. Mm. Hmm. Well, <laughs> Brian Adams comes out and beats on Horace. Now, Stevie and Adams jaw at each other. Rick Flair... Uh, Alan Anderson, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko and JJ Jenner and out for the random draw. Well, the wrestlers are surrounding the pole. And JJ draws number 23. Or oh, El Dandy has 23 in the back, but his shoulder is taped up. Rey Mysterio takes the number and comes to the ring. Well, Flair isn't happy. He says Rey Mysterio wasn't in it. Well, Flair says that if Mysterio comes to the ring, he does it at his own risk. Well, we get a promo from Malenko and Benoit. And match seven is the WCW World Tag Team Champions, Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko, Raven. And the tag champs are already in the ring. The horsemen attack at the bell. Then they stomp a mud hole in Raven and walk it dry. Well, double standing spine buster from the tag champs. But Saturn hits the ring. 
Benoit, tell Saturn it's horsemen business. Well, Saturn decks Benoit and suplexes the horsemen. Saturn applies the rings of Saturn to Malenko, but Benoit breaks the hold. Yeah, Malenko gets the tag belt and tries to enter the ring, but Raven stops in. Then Malenko gets in the ring with a tag belt, but Raven nails Malenko with the other belt. Benoit goes out as for the belt. Have we got new tag team champions? Well, Anderson takes the belts from Raven and Saturn. Apparently, he's DQing them for Raven hitting Malenko with the tag belt. Well, Raven isn't happy, but Malenko and Benoit retain. Well, gee, WCW, that's a great way to get Benoit and Malenko over. We get footage from Ric Flair's vacating the US title on Thunder, along with Ming advancing in the first round of the tourney. So, Scott Hall no longer United States champion. And match eight is a US title tournament match. It's Scott Steiner versus Chris Jericho. And Wolfpack Music brings out Scott. And what do you mean they weren't Tic Tac Steiner? Steiner cuts the music. And we get the genetic Steiner shtick. Jericho comes out, sans Ralphus, but wearing some sort of Japanese sash. Well, today says this is not New Japan Pro Wrestling, but if you were playing six-man scramble, it could be, or rather, View Japan Pro Wrestling. There's a sign in the crowd saying Ralphus is the only genetic freak in WCW. True. And Jericho poses at Steiner, who poses back. And Jericho goes for the lion tamer, but Steiner flips out of it. Steiner with a low blow and overhead belly to belly. Jericho tries to fight the recliner off, but Steiner locks it on and gets a submission win. Yeah, so Jericho is, you know, he's not in the good books at the moment. Scott Steiner advances. And let's see, we've had Ming over Bigelow and Steiner over Jericho. And next week, Benoit and the late Adrian Adonis over Booker T. And match nine is WCW World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair with Arn Anderson versus WCW World Cruiserweight Champion Ray Mysterio Jr. Well, Michael Buffer makes an appearance to do the honours. And the world champ gets the first appearance for some reason. That's a bit odd. And Charles Robinson is the referee. Well, Flair didn't want Mysterio involved, but he's going to get a shot at the championship. So it's Cruiserweight Champion versus World Heavyweight Champion. Another interesting matchup on Nitro. And, you know, for a good, well, good feeling, you would have Rey Mysterio winning this match, wouldn't you? Well, after everything that's happened, being a giant killer, if you could take out Flair, moment... Well, Rey Mysterio off in the handshake at the start. Ric Flair looking to go for it and then swiping his hair back. Rey Mysterio says, well, that's how it is then. And Flair has a little strut around the ring. And Flair's shoulder block taking Mysterio down. Of course, Ray's going to have the speed advantage. And he's been getting in the main event since losing that mask. Drop tie hold and he slaps Ric Flair at the back of the head, humiliating him and that pisses Flair off. But Ray just too quick again taking down Flair. A couple more drop tie holds. Well, Flair's faced a variety of opponents recently, Hogan, Goldberg, Mysterio. And again, if you said to me, <laughs> I'll be watching Sandman versus Goldberg and Rey Mysterio versus Ric Flair, <clears throat> I'd have been like, shut the front door. I know. It's, I mean, it's interesting when you look back and see what they had if used correctly. I mean, this is still an interesting match. Hey, hey. Ric Flair does his patented Ric Flair drop. You know, Flair going to throw Mysterio to the outside. And you take a shot if Ric Flair does the thump. Take a shot if Ric Flair goes for the eyes. And take another shot if Ric Flair hits a low blow. Well, Arn Anderson looking to take out Mysterio on the outside. But Ray, just too quick for him. Decks him, knocks him down. Comes back in. Now goes, co- goes back to work on Ric Flair. Springboards in. Takes Flair down. Goes for the cover. One, two. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, it seems like Robinson's calling this one down the middle so far. Yeah, Flair manages to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Now he's going to... Oh, looking to chop Mysterio. Ray ducks it, but gets caught by the enforcer. Double A. 
Are you saying Charles Robson didn't see that? He might have been checking the turnbuckles. Oh, really? Checking the turnbuckles. I don't know, James. The camera wasn't on Robinson, to be fair, so you don't know where he was looking. Well, Mysterio thrown in by Arn Anderson, and now Flair can work over Mysterio. See, look, he's telling Rick off. He's saying, look, come on, open your hand, as he would do to any other wrestler. Oh, look, and he's even pushing Ric Flair. Well... You see, if he was Ric Flair's boy, he wouldn't be doing that. Well, to be fair to Flair, at the moment, I'll I'll, I'll let Robinson off, but we shall see. It's the biggest prize in the business. The 14-time champ going against the Cruiserweight champion, Mysterio. Oh, and a huge knife-edge chop drops Rey Mysterio. Oh, and a huge knee drop from Ric Flair. Well, for the first time ever next week, they'll be in Canada for Nitro, and we'll bring it up to you on part two of this. Two. At the end of WrestleMania 15. In Canada, eh? Well, Bret Hart's called out Goldberg. Will he get response in Canada for the first time ever? We shall see. Back to Panama City. And Flair taking Mysterio down with a chop, but no. Mysterio getting up at two. Two. Back suplex attempt, but Mysterio lands on his feet. He rolls up Flair. Two. Oh, oh, but Flair managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Test of strength. Mysterio looking for a backslide. Settles for an arm drag takedown. Rolls up Flair. Two. Oh. oh. Well, Flair struggled to get out of that. And I think he panicked before he got up at two. Two. Now you can hear fans shouting for Ray. And now Flair picking up Mysterio with a suplex. Oh, my God. Must have held him there at least 10 seconds. At least 15 seconds. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh. Just a two count. Two. And Flair might be getting a little bit frustrated now. He can't put Mysterio away. The knee drop. Well, the elbow drop. Yeah, he goes for the knee drop with his elbow. Hey! Hits the knee with the arm. Oh, but Mysterio managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Now Flair just pouncing on Mysterio. Coming down with the big right hands. He's warning Flair again. Look, open up your fist. He doesn't want to disqualify Flair because that just cancels Ray Mysterio's Oh, come shutout. on. You really think Charles Robinson is impartial? Charles in charge. Dirt is playing the game. Mysterio hits his head off that second rope there. Irish rip again. Mysterio goes under this time. Kick to the midsection. Just trying to get right down. Is Mysterio again springboarding in? Springboard X Factor. I think he bounced Flair's head off his knee. And Flair is stunned. And can Ray capitalise? Hill kick missed. And Flair was lucky to avoid that, but caught again. Irish rip reverse. Spinning heel kick this time connected. Flair gets a foot up in the corner. Now Flair on the second. And he's stopped and the world champ's in trouble. He's teetering. And here comes Mysterio. Going to put away Hurricane Runner. That's it. Cover him. Come on, cover. One, two. two. What? Oh, Anderson pulls out Charles Robinson. Disqualifies him. Mysterio had the world title one. Scandalous. Mysterio had it won. On Anderson, why do that? Charles Robinson was trying to call it down the middle, Mi- doing his best he can. Oh, Robinson wouldn't have counted a three there. He would have done if Arn Anderson hadn't pulled him out. Oh, this is disco there. Faking out Flair. Oh, baseball side drop kick to Flair! Hey! <laughs> I was just about to say, I haven't seen anyone go in the pool yet. And I was getting disappointed, but we finish off. With the power mad Ric Flair, the heavyweight champion, getting kicked into the pool by Rey Mysterio. I mean, do you reckon they went up to him and said, Ray, you're not going to win the title, but 
You do get to kick Ric Flair into a swimming pool. Exactly. You do make Ric Flair wet. So we we'll, shall see what happens. I think that was not a bad episode of Nitro, give or take. There's some bad shit, but I think the good stuff was all right, wasn't it, you know? Indeed, yeah. So I think we'll move on. I think that is it now for Nitro. And what have you thought of the last four episodes of Nitro? There's been some entertaining moments, but you could have taken all the good moments from all the episodes and had one good show with it. Yeah, I think that's true. Well, Dan, let's jump ship to the WWE. And we are on the road to WrestleMania 15. The Rock versus Stone Cold was the main event, but the story on Raw was more about the corporation versus the ministry and Undertaker's weird power over Vince McMahon. So we start off episode 301, March 1st. And on the ratings, Raw absolutely annihilates Nitro, 6.3 to a 4.3. Well, here comes the corporation. Vince takes the mics and talks about showing weakness last week and how he blubbered over a teddy bear. This will not happen again. He will get revenge. Vince is still going. See, it takes the spotlight off the other wrestlers. He will not show weakness again and fires Kane. He tells Kane to get the hell out of the ring and calls down some friends. And they are mental health dudes. He yells at them to get Kane. China leaps down and helps Kane to kick their ass. She talks Vince into giving Kane one more chance. He just took all those guys out and just needs to be controlled. She can control him and states he can kick Austin's ass. Vince agrees, but if he loses, he's fired and so is she. Here comes Mankind and he states he was screwed harder than a White House intern. He is going to show HBK that he can ref and wants to be the ref for the Kane-Austin match tonight. Vince is willing to do something for him, but Mankind has to beat The Undertaker in order to ref the match. Cue The Undertaker, and he is saying something about getting Vince. Well, Austin has just arrived. Hebner intercepts Austin and tells him that he's wrestling Kane. Austin does not care. By a doctor, he cannot wrestle tonight because he has borderline pneumonia. Gunn is pissed and he has fought with broken necks and then hacks really badly too, and terrible acting, that he holds the doctor responsible and leaves. He wants that IC belt. Well, match one is Ken Shout versus Goldust versus Val Venus for the WF Intercontinental Championship. All three hammer each other and Ryan Shamrock comes down. Easy. Well, Goldust goes out and makes out with Ryan. Val is planted by Ken. Runs after Goldust and beats him in the crowd. Val wins via count out. Well, Val is baffled that she essentially helped him. Gun blindsides Val and runs him into the steps. Well, JR has talked to Owl and Mankind. He's back his turn, but supposedly he is back tonight. Okay, it is JR. Okay, he calls out Butterbean, who... Uh, he calls out Bart Gunn, who will face Butterbean at WrestleMania. JR goes off about how his mum died and how he got Bell's palsy for the second time. But he's ready to come back at the Rumble, and they did not allow him back because no one wants to see a man with a paralysed face. He had to go to his wife and tell her he may be fired. He blames Bart Gunn for supposedly beating JR's man, Steve Williams... He thinks it was a lucky punch, but Bart bragged in the back about knocking out JR's boy. JR demands he look him in the eye. He slaps Bart, who is baffled and getting pissed. He states it was not his problem what happened. Williams attacks Bart from behind and leaves him laying. Well, Deborah is rubbing her leg in the back. 
Anyway, well, D-Lo is talking to Ivory. Well, here comes Jeff Jarrett. That's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T-O-N and Deborah. Owen declares that he is not a nugget but a champ. And Double J agrees and they have the best ever tag team. They demand competition she will give them if they win. Well, that leads us to match two and that's Jeff Jarrett. And that's Jeff Jarrett. J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T and Owen Hart versus X-Pac and Triple H for the tag team titles. Well, DX run down and tear into Double J and Owen. Debra has the ref and Owen knocks Pack into the ref and Debra. Shane runs down and thrusts Pack into the steps and he chases Shane. Triple H is alone and he is double teamed. Ivory comes back and the match is a DQ. It was a fucking mess, but the match did have some fun moments. Well, as they leave, D-Lo takes out both Jeff Jarrett and Owen. Ivory runs up and disrobes Debra. Oh, well, Kevin Kelly is with the tag champs and he goes over what just happened. She challenges Ivory tonight. Tori and Luna come down. Luna makes no sense and talks about standing by each other and for the fans, herself, etc. I thought she was an oddity and a spider lady. She is bringing Sable back to Earth where she belongs. This is really bad. Sable comes down and Tori beats up Luna and Sable helps and the fans love it. Sable leaves and Tori follows like a puppy dog. Or match three is Road Dog versus The Rock for the WF title. Well, Road Dog states that he'll be the next champ and Rock is going to kick his candy ass. They hammer each other. Rock's DD- Rock DDTs him and calls down the giant who slowly strolls down. Well, The Rock takes the headset and, and goes back to work. Rock bottom and the elbow finishes him off. And it's a clean wing. Road Dog lost the hardcore title. Now this, he must have pissed someone off in the back. Al Snow comes down with a chair and introduces himself and wants to pick up where they left off. But Road Dog kicks him and then takes the chair and blasts him in the head four times. Here comes Holly and he too gets knocked out by a chair. Road Dog calls and pusses and will wait for them in the parking lot. Well, China whines that Kane must win or look. Road Dog is outside cursing about Al Snow and Holly. And how they need to get out there. Well, the bruise music hit, but it's public enemy dressed up as them. Rock mocks them. Grunge is not afraid of them. And the lights go out. Rock is gone when the light comes back on. Holly is kicking Road Dog's ass out in the parking lot. Running them into all sorts of things. And they are just hammering each other. Well, match for Steve Blackman versus Droz. They have kendo sticks and the first person off his feet loses. It lasts a minute as a blow to the head takes out Blackman. <laughs> Road Dog and Holly are brawling in the steps and now outside in Cleveland. Hope they don't get mind getting mugged in Cleveland. Al Snow blindsides Road Dog and they fight down the Gundarina steps and out into the street as officials try to break it up. Rocco is strung up in the back and Grunge is trying to help. Well, here comes Vince. He joins, he joins Cole and Lawyer as he announced table and we're going to see the Untaker versus Mankind. They're going to have a brawl and Untaker trying to start early, dodging the right hand. Now going to work. We've seen these two men have absolute wars with each other. Well, the Undertaker's got Mankind in the corner. He's just hammering away at him. And is this a resurgent Undertaker? I mean, he's kind of turned into a dark, gothic-y Undertaker well, now, isn't he? the thing. He's got his ministry following him. You know, got Paul Bear by his side. He wants to take down Vince. And it's weird that Vince McMahon said he's never going to be like that. But instead of putting some of his corporation against the Undertaker, he's putting Mankind in. Do you think maybe he's thinking that he made the wrong choice not keeping Mankind in his team because he knows the amount of punishment he can get? And I don't think there's any other wrestler, maybe buying Brock Lesnar nowadays, who had Undertaker's number more than Mankind. Well, I think with Mankind, you know, he is a bit of a loose cannon and his character portrays that. And I think, you know, 
Vince probably finds it hard to control someone like him because he will just go off and do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, and I think the same applies now to the Untaker. That he's deciding what he wants to do. And if that's pick apart the World Wrestling Federation, the Garth of Vincent Man, then that's what he will do. We saw it last week on Raw with the, the teddy bear on fire. And now the Untaker's got Mankind. Looking for some old school. Walking the ropes, but Mankind catches him. He's got him with a mandible claw. Oh, but the Untaker's got Mankind around the foot to the outside. And Vincent Man is not happy on commentary. Now look at Vincent Man happy about Mankind's work now. Gantek on the stairs just comes in with a running knee. So Vince doesn't want Mankind refing the match, but he wants him to beat the fuck out of The Undertaker. And he doesn't want Mankind involved in trying to cost The Rock the WF Championship. And he's got a giant to worry about as well. The Undertaker's got the chair. Well, man, I don't think Vince Man minds if both men destroy each other in this one. The chair to the back of Mankind. Mankind's in serious trouble right now. Well, that's the chairman of the board. And he's going to just he's gonna choke slam at Man. But who's actually going to stop it? No one wants to. Oh, wait a minute. Big Bossman out here. The head with of his, security. Yeah, with his nightstick, just taking the back of the knee of Undertaker, urging McMahon to get out of there, and then both men hightail it out as the Undertaker sits up on the announce table. And here come the Ministry going after Bossman. Bossman and McMahon getting out of here, but Vincent Man maybe gets one up on the Undertaker. It looks like Boss Man Yonsei are going to have a meeting down the road. Yonsei looks on. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Yonsei um, went man. Who won the match then? No disqualification. Uh, it was, not disqualification. Looked like it was a double DQ or count out. So chokes them in Mankind. And as you're right, Dan, Mankind will be the referee for the match later tonight. Kane versus Austin. Match <sighs> 7 is Ivory versus Deborah. It's all about you, isn't it? <laughs> match what? 7 is Ivory versus Deborah. Here comes PMS as the two combatants roll around the ring and it's already a fucking DQ. I mean, how silly is that? Jackie destroys Ivory and... Well, Jackie destroys Ivory and D'Lo sorts them out. Austin is walking in the back. And that leads us up to match eight, Kane versus Steve Austin. If Kane loses, him and China are fired! Well, they are out of a job, and that's why Kane has been dominant in the early game. He's been worn down since the very start, and Kane's a monster. He took out the whole staff of the kind of sailor asylum that tried to get him earlier. And he has beaten Stone Cold Steve Austin before for the WF Championship. And you see how The Rock earlier beat, you know, faced the road dog. Yeah, it was a competitive match, but Austin's got Kane. Is that is that fair? Is Vincent Mann making sure the odds stacked up against Stone Cold with a fired up Kane as well? Well, the crowd definitely behind Old Stone Cold. As he reverses the Irish Ripper, sends Kane into the stairs. Oh, and China clocks Austin as the referee was had his back turned. And Austin can't believe it. <laughs> He's not having it. As he backs China up into a corner, Kane comes looking to take out Austin, but gets backdropped over Barry Cade. Well, Austin definitely fired up. Jumps off the barricade. Takes out Kane. <laughs> and he looks to be stomping a mud hole and walking it dry. Oh, now Austin, what's he got planned for Kane? Pile driver on the concrete. No, oh. Kane with the backdrop. And Austin landed on the concrete. And Kane, I just, I think, choking out Austin. But it's weird, the two matches that we're watching are, are two matches that we've seen a lot this past, you know, couple of years watching WWE versus WCW. Kane, Austin... 
Undertaker Mankind, but it's because the different storylines, it makes sense. It's, even though it's the same match, it's it's still good, isn't it? Do you know it what I mean? It does, yeah. And and we complain about it loads when it happens nowadays. It is really weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird how like, because it's told well, we don't yeah. mind it, you know. And now Austin back over. Look at the drop the double axe handle, smash the cane, but he gets caught and just ran back first into that ring post. And now Kane picking up Austin again. Oh, back first again into the ring post. And just drops him throat first over Barry Cade. And China just runs over and delivers a couple of kicks to the back of Austin. And she's wearing some seriously high heels. Oh my God, that's going to make an indentation on Austin. He's back to his feet, but China again with a forearm. And, and, and look, right, 20 years ago, the toughest SOB in WWF is selling... For a woman. Something Emma Johnson said, I'm signing for a bitch. And he is, you know. And, and it's crazy when you think, would that happen nowadays? It, probably not, no. And that's how strong China is. But they're trying to put Nia Jax into the kind of China crosshairs and Nia Jax ain't no China. No, and it hasn't got the same effect. Like, yeah, in a fight, Austin's probably going to beat China. But right there, you would say, yeah, China's going to get the yeah. upper hand. You know, Austin can't recover from that at the moment. And okay, now... throwing Austin back into the ring. Well, Kane's got to be happy with China by his side as well. It's a very unique pairing. And it shows that China might actually care for the big red monster. He's had Paul Barry's dad turn on him. And now, maybe a bit of an interest, he's went to pin Austin, but Austin managed to kick out. Ah. And China looks a lot better now as well. I mean, I know she had a lot of surgery, but... She looks more ladylike. She's definitely improved there, yeah. And Austin's got a sleeper locked in. And the crowd going crazy for a sleeper. Oh no, Kane backing Austin up into the corner. But Austin not backing down. Picks a slam in, but the whole body weight of Kane oh. drives Austin into the mat, goes for a cover and gets a two count. Two. They're more actually happy about being on camera. Hey, yeah. more. Than actually watching the wrestling. But at least they're actually into it. Yeah, that's true. It's like if something happens, they're cheering. They're, you know, the chance may not be as good as they are nowadays. But they're just they're just into them. They cheer for all the right moments and cheer for the right guys in some ways. You Not know? like that fucking t- green t-shirt guy that sits front row mm. every fucking pay-per-view, constantly looking at his phone, never displays an emotion. He might have Bell's palsy. We don't, we know. don't know. Maybe WF won't allow him to be on certain pay-per-views because it's distracting a bit, like they do JR. And we'll see what happens. Kane now with a bat break, <laughs> with a bear hug to Austin. Austin struggling. They're having a checking on him. And Austin now with the right hands trying to get out of the submission. And he's out and the crowd behind him. Kane drops his head. Austin delivers a kick looking for the stunner. But Kane pushes him into the ref. China up on the apron. Oh, he's, and Kane looking for the tombstone on Austin. Uh, Kane throws uh, Austin with a backslide. Throws Kane into China. Hits him with the stunner. But Earl Hebner's down and out. Uh, Austin in for the cover. But there's no referee. And now we're having a recovering. One, two, and China pulling Austin off. And the referee can't see it. I think Austin's had just about enough now. He's got China, but Kane sat up. Oh, Austin goes for a big right hand, but Kane ducks it. Backdrop to Austin. And I think China's distraction just played enough. Oh, my word. We're well, it's the big show coming well, into the ring. <laughs> well, it is. Paul White is here. And he looking on. He's a big man. Referee up to seven. Kane sits up. 
gets to his fate. Oh, is he looking to go up top? Well, Kane's up top. Looking to fly. Takes Austin out. Goes for a cover. One, two. Oh! Only a two count. Two. Well, somehow Austin getting up and the giant or Paul White looking on. And now Kane sending Austin back into the turnbuckle. Who's he focusing on now then? Is he wanting a weakened Austin? Or is he wanting a fired Kane? Well, this is the thing. I mean, does he feel threatened that he's got another kind of monster in the corporation? Or does he just want to cost Austin a title if he is going to be the special guest referee at WrestleMania? Oh! Austin with a huge low <laughs> bro. Throws Kane into the corner. Well, China was distracting the ref and Austin used it to his advantage. He's just stomping Kane in the corner. Uh, that is the definition of stomping a mud hole and walking it dry. But incredibly, Kane back up. Irish trip to Austin. Oh, Stone Cold with a Fez press. A huge right hands on Kane. And look at that, Paul White throwing a chair in. Maybe it was for Kane, but Austin's grabbed it. <clears throat> Kane sits up. Austin with the chair. And <laughs> a chair to the face. And the referee's not called for a DQ. Is it no DQ match? Well, no. I was going to thought this would be disqualifications, but maybe I'll help him letting things go. Is he going after China? Oh, swings China, but China ducks out of the ring. And now Austin calling the big show. Oh! He gets caught from behind by China with a huge low blow. Well, Kane sits up, and this has definitely got to be one of the most chaotic scenes to end Raw. And now Kane's holding Austin... Paul White's in. Oh. Delivers a big boot to Kane. And the ref's still not calling for the bell. And oh my God, Stone Cold Steve Austin there. Getting one over on the corporation yet again. The Giants' interference backfires. Austin got out of harm's way. Told him what he thought of him. Kane down. China hurt. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's certainly a very chaotic and weird ending. I still, again, I still don't know who won this match or who lost the match. And you know, it is there is a, a fair few dodgy finishes and a lot of leniency going on. I mean, you know, we saw two chair shots, a low blow, and the ref didn't do anything about it. And then the big boat, and then I think that finally was a straw that broke the ref's camel's back. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we we'll move on, and it's episode three hundred two, the eighth of March. We see a video package chronicling Steve Austin attacking The Rock on Sunday Night Heat and Paul White, a.k.a. The Big Show, a.k.a. The Giant, not trying to save The Rock from the assault. Well, Michael Cole and Jody King-Laura calling the action in live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. WWF champion The Rock walks out and is irate about what happened on Sunday Night Heat. He demands that Paul White come out and face him. But Vince McMahon makes his way down to the ring. McMahon demands The Rock stop airing corporate laundry in public and tries to direct The Rock's ire at the fans. He also tells The Rock that White is loyal to the corporation and is in good standing. But The Rock says he still has his doubts. Well, that prompts White in the ring who says that it's hard to keep the WF title from Steve Austin. But maybe you should quit and attack The Rock. Mankind, who has officially been made the second guest referee for the WF title match at WrestleMania, interrupts an office referee a rock-white match despite the fact that they conned him a couple of weeks ago. The man counters by booking him to face Steve Austin in the main event of tonight's show, with White serving as the guest referee for that bout, and The Rock serving as guest commentator. This is all supposed to prove that The Rock to The Rock... This is all supposed to prove to The Rock that White can be trusted at WrestleMania. Steve... 
Austin proceeds to come out after that announcement and says he does not care about guest referee saga because he's going to regain the WWF title at WrestleMania. Well, the Undertaker and the Ministry are shown going into the locker room, beating up some jobbers to somehow send a message to the big bossman. Steve Austin tells Mankind backstage that he's going to destroy him tonight. Mankind says if he changes his mind, that he should give him a signal. Well, the opening street city, the opening match is a street city street fight contest at Dino Brown pins own heart with Deborah after hitting with a guitar at 4 minutes 31. Well, despite the fancy title, there's no difference between this hardcore match with weapons use factoring into the situation in less than 20 seconds. It is really tough to take big spots later in the show. Seriously, after a match like this as D-Lo and Owen kick out of being DDT'd, on the entrance ramp and pile driven into a cookie sheet, Jeff Jarrett, that's T. He walks out during the double KO spot and tries to toss Owen his guitar, but D'Lo intercepts it and Owen takes the blow to lose the match. Owen's head gets split open by the blow and the camera shows blood running down his face after the bell. This would appear to be leading to a split between Owen and Jarrett, but Owen refused to do the angle which called for him to be going after Deborah behind Jarrett's back. All of that would eventually lead to his death when he was punished with the Blue Blazer gimmick. Well, the Undertaker orders the acolytes to patrol the parking lot. Visser and Midrin are sent to the locker room, and the Brood are sent to the front of the arena. To... The New Age Outlaws defeat Al Snow and Hardcore Holly when Billy Gunn pins Holly after a spike pile driver at 2 minutes and 9 seconds. Well, Snow and Holly are not the idea teammates since they're having a subtle fight over the Hardcore title. And sure enough, both men start fighting each other after a minute of action. Snow hits Holly in the back of the head with head and costs his team the match. Well, after the match, the lights go out and the Ministry hits the ring and attacks everyone. Viscera proceeds to splash a lot of people like it's the 1995 King of the Ring and The Undertaker gets on the house mic and warns the bossman that he will meet the Lord of Darkness by the end of night. Well, Jim Ross tells Steve Williams backstage that he's an All-American and he's better than other superstars in the locker room. Cole and Laura talk about how it might be too early for Ross to return. Ross comes to the ring carrying a bag. He asks Cole to get into the ring and proceeds to pull out a mask and red attire. He says that Williams was wearing this on last week's show because the Booker team couldn't come up with nothing better for him. Ross then gives Lowe for disrespecting him and orders him to the back so he can return to his job at the commentary booth. Again, the crowd is not booing Ross in this angle and pop loud when he hit Cole. Lawler awkwardly welcomes Ross back, but Vince McMahon is shown backstage ordering Terry Taylor to get rid of Ross at the announce table. Well, McMahon tells the Stooges to keep an eye on the ministry as Taylor comes down to ringside. Taylor asks Ross to leave, triggering Ross to shower Taylor with red rooster insults. Williams walks down to ringside and gets Ross to leave, but Ross makes sure to note time mid-carder is not qualified to do play-by-play. Play. Ryan Shamrock is shown kissing on gold dust in the locker room while the blue meanie cries about it. The Stooges have flashlights and attempt to find a ministry in dark corners of the arena. They have no luck yet. Well, Ken Shamrock beats Goldust with Ryan Shamrock and the Blue Meanie with a belly-to-belly suplex at 1 minute 20. Well, before I highlight this match, it has to be said that the show is downhill from this point forward since neither Laura Taylor can do play-by-play. Goldust sets Shamrock up for the Shattered Dreams, but the Blue Meanie distracts him by kissing Ryan, who is disgusted by it. Shamrock decks the Meanie when he runs in after the bout, while Goldust and Ryan flee to the back. The Stooges are still searching for the Ministry, with Gerald Briscoe suggesting that they kick in a back door. Pat Patterson thinks that is a really stupid idea. He usually likes kicking in back doors. Test with Shane McMahon and China beats X-Pac after Shane hits X-Pac with a European 52. Well, Shane decides to do commentary for this bout, thereby making the situation, situation. there even worse. 
Tess throws X-Pac around with some cool power moves. And when X-Pac makes the comeback, Shane and China thwart Triple H's attempt to keep them at bay. And Tess gets the victory. Fun big man, small man match, which was when X-Pac was usually at his best. Well, after the match, Triple H says that he's going to the locker room, grab China uh, in front of the world. The Stooges barge into the room. They have been standing outside for several minutes, but the Godfather and his hose are inside. Godfather knocks the Stooges down before closing the door. Well, the Godfather with the hose defeats Steve Blackman by forfeit. Well, Blackman opts to take the hose rather than to fight, but Droz attacks Blackman from behind. The Godfather does not appreciate the interference in his business transaction and found the tide against his rival. But the lights go out and The Undertaker appears. He and the Ministry destroy The Godfather, Droz and Blackman and The Undertaker tells the big bossman that there will be a sacrifice tonight. Triple H and Chandler both get in the ring and they have a face-off but the lights go out and Kane comes out. Here comes Kane! It's Kane! I've got two words for you, uh... Suck it. Well, he used to be so close, did Triple H in China, but here comes Kane. It's Kane. But there's, they used to be friends. But the big red monster coming out. Well, Triple H and, well, Triple H and China used to be tight until Kane came between them. And, that's, and Triple H grabbing China from behind as Kane's coming out here. He's got time to beat her up and pin her by the time Kane mm. walks to the ring. Him and her had Helmsley. Well, Kane's here, but Triple H's got a hold of China. What's... And Triple H throws China into Kane, now going on the attack. China grabs the arms of Triple H, holds him behind his back. And what's Kane got in his hand? Oh my god! It was like a flare gun. Triple H moved out of the way. Hit China in the face. And even Triple H is shot by that trying to help China. And Kane furious there. Throwing Kane over the... Uh, throwing Triple H over the top. So he accidentally injured China. He's accidentally killed Katie Vick. Uh, he should be near women. Right into China's face. Well, it was meant for to hit China. Dan, what are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> That is a really fucking crazy angle. That is, and the MT's down here, but Kane thrown him away, and now walking away with China. Oh my word, let's hope China is alright. Well, Tori with Sable beats Luna Vachon via disqualification, when Lena will not break a chokehold in 40. Well, Sable does guest commentary and gives Lola a copy of her Playboy edition, which Lola becomes transfixed on. Sable does nothing to stop Luna's assault on Tori, and when she finally steps in the ring, she beats Tori down. Sable rips Tori's shirt off and dances before leaving. Well, the Untaker and the Ministry corner the big bossman in the parking lot and attack him. And after the commercial break, the Ministry ties the bossman to what looks like the Untaker sim- symbol. And look, they're on the stage now, tying him up there. And they're going to sacrifice the big bossman. The bossman got involved in the Untaker's business last week. Well, as he rises, the Untaker says that he will destroy the corporation piece by piece. And then she will be his. So we've seen someone get shot in the face and a crucifixion right now. We've seen China take a shot in the face. Yeah. And Bossman being hung. Well, I've heard about the Bossman, <laughs> but I never thought he was that hung. Well, now he's, yeah, he's in serious trouble here. He's facing some hard times. But, oh, he's got his hand free. Oh, now he's breaking both. He's getting down. He manages to escape only to be beaten up by the Ministry. 
Well, he's caught here trouble, but look at this. It looks like the corporation. They've come out to make the save. And they're going after the ministry. Well, there's big Paul White, the referee top. And the officials here as well trying to help boss man. On the Untaker now taking out the cops. The police trying to arrest the Untaker. But as they come up to him, the Undertaker's knocking them down one by one like Skittles. Looks like the corporation have gone away. The ministry's there. And what is the Undertaker doing? Well, he doesn't mind being arrested, but he set the Untaker symbol on fire. And that the bossman on there going <laughs> up in flames. My God, the Untaker has been arrested, but he doesn't care. I wonder which enhancement talent's actually under them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, look at the Untaker, he's smirking, Dan. No, James, he hasn't got a smile on his face. He's got his eyes. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's got a smile on his face as his eyes roll back in his head. Well, Vincent Mann yells at the Untaker, who's in a police cruiser, and threatens to tear him apart after he gets out of jail. I'm going to get you when you get out. I'm going to get you. But we move on to the main event. Yes, and it's a singles match with Paul White as a special guest referee, and it is Mankind versus Stone Cold Steve Austin with The Rock on guest commentary. And this is why the giant, or sorry, Paul White, Big Show, should never be a referee because he's not uh, conspicuous by his appearance in the referee attire, really, is he? But this might be the site for WrestleMania 15 when it's Austin versus The Rock. Will the Paul White show that he's uh, loyal to the corporation? And Mankind again being used in a situation. Situation. You get manipulated by McMahon, but still in a fight for his life now and Austin straight away. Right hands, rocking Mankind. Austin looking for that stunner early on, but Mankind ducking out. Austin quickly follows, but gets clotheslined down on their mats on the outside. How thin are those mats on the outside? They're wafer thin mats, James. Mere millimetres thick over pure concrete. Mankind on the outside, sending Austin to the stairs, but Paul White's there making sure they're keeping things tidy. Pretty much every fan in the building is behind Austin. Austin telling The Rock that it's for him as he's going to bounce Mankind's head off the announce table. Mankind blocks it and bounces Austin's off and uh, The Rock likes that. So Mankind's going to give The Rock another show. Not a big show. <laughs> well, look at The Rock though, talking trash to Austin. Look at that piece of trash on the announce table. And Mankind going up to that second turnbuckle. Looking to drop the elbow, but oh. Austin gets off the announce table, saving his own skin. Big should just letting things go at the moment, Mankind. Just cracking Austin in the head. Austin backdropping Mankind onto the announce table. Climbing <laughs> over it, perched on a chair, just kicking the crap out of Mankind. Well, King trying to hold on to the commentary, uh, <laughs> to the headset. But he just got caught up. And look at the state of Mankind there. Now Austin with Mankind back in the ring. Big suplex goes for the cover. Mankind managing to kick out. Oh. At one. One. But Paul White, to his credit, got down there. Austin trying to suplex Mankind back in. Uh, but Mankind turns it around and hangs Austin up over the top rope, catapulting him into the ring. And the Rock bigging up how big WrestleMania 15 will be. But they've not really mentioned it a lot. There's a lot more build-up to WrestleMania 14 than there seems to be 15. And now we've got Austin and The Rock happening, and it's more about who's going to be guest referee. And now Austin taking Mankind. Oh, my God, make a wish. Oh, as he's wrapping Mankind's leg around the ring post. First WrestleMania matchup between The Rock and Austin. Who would know that it would actually go on to be one of the greatest kind of WrestleMania quadrilogies or trilogies? Trilogies. Trilogies going. Yeah. I mean, it's a phenomenal thing about it that we're not, you know, 
that you see it's history being made at this point in time. The story is just of this like kind of young champ you want to hold on. Who would have known kind of success the Rock would have in his own right? Yeah, he's put there for Austin to kind of beat in a way, but he'd have his own success. You see the crowd already getting behind him. The same with Mankind. Yes, they've, they've only got a few characters and they've added the, the big show to that now, but it's just what they do with them, trying to get the best out of each of them. And actually, you know, these guys, they do pretty much anything it takes to get the heavyweight championship as well. You know, you've seen The Rock, as soon as he was starting to get over as a face, he turned heel for the championship. You've seen Mankind pretty much doing anything and whatever it takes to do it. You've seen Austin fighting anything and anyone to get the championship. Undertaker's doing it in his own way with the ministry, like, you know, just wiping out every single person he can find. Until he's back on top, but it's keeping him busy on a sideline, you know. Just... Every character's got a goal and what they want to do. Whether yeah. it be like the main event guys with the championship, like you say, or like even the mid card, you know, the European title with X Park or, you know, hardcore title, Intercontinental Championship. They've all got a goal and what they want to do. And like I said, even the undertaker with the ministry is like, yeah, he wants to take out the corporation. At least there's a point to what they're doing. It's not just random matches. And it's good to see, you know, everything involved. And it goes on till the story's culminated, not just like telling half a story, leaving it for a month, and then saying, oh yeah, on this story it'll be out a month. It, it makes sense. And, oh my God, Austin there. Going to hang up Mankind, but Mankind got out of the way. Austin bouncing off the middle rope and sending him, springing back into the middle of the ring. Mankind with the cover, but only getting a two count. Two. And you've even got like Triple H, even though he's not in a title picture at the moment, he's being kept busy by the... Kane, China kind of triangle story going on there. That's personal, you know, like I said, it's proper rivalry, it's the same with the Ministry Corporation thing, and then you've got the title feuds as well, like even they've interjected, like even Ryan Shamrock's involvement with the yeah. title. I mean, even this, no spoilers for next week, but it's going to be a tag team match, and, you know, with these four guys, so that makes perfect sense as well, it continues the storyline. Yeah, and you know, even as well in this you know, what's happening with The Rock and The Big Show? Can The Big Show be trusted? You know, um, Vince McMahon says yes, he can, but is that going to lead to an eventual turn on The Rock and The Big Show being champion? Yeah, yeah who knows? And it's weird that he said earlier, Paul Watts said earlier as well, that the fact he's been brought in to stop Austin being champion. And you would think, you know, with that, he's going to do anything in his power as special guest referee as well. You know, the odds are still stacked against Stone Cold, even if it looks quite plain safe. We've got the whole might of Vincent Manor's corporation going against him. You know, double clothesline. And Paul White, to his credit, has done well. He has been a fair and impartial referee, and he's called it straight down the middle. Now Austin, big right hand, sending Mankind back into the corner. Stomping away on Mankind. <laughs> well, telling Mankind he's number one. And he's got Mankind draped over the second rope, this time successfully in hanging him up. Goes for the cover. Only getting a one count. Now, that was a bit of a slow count from the big show. I know he had to manoeuvre himself round, but it was still a, still a slow count. And Austin, I think, has got a little bit of a problem with that. But Mankind, DT. Now, Mankind could have pinned Austin, but he doesn't want to. Reaching into his pants, getting out the referee socko. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fans in the front row, they brought their socos with them. And Austin in all sorts of trouble. James would have his socko, but it's currently pregnant. Oh my god, Austin going for the stunner. Mankind blocking him. Hit with a back elbow. What me and my suck get up to is my own personal business. Thank you very much. Austin on the apron. Austin on the apron. Mankind's got Socko in. He's got Socko and Austin fighting it and 
Paul White just counted out Austin. How does Mankind win it? Well, Mankind's going to be referee at WrestleMania. Austin just got counted out. Oh, my God. Well, Mankind's going to WrestleMania as referee. Oh, and he's going to the mat very quickly on his back because the Big Show's just chokeslammed him. And Rock's saying, what's the deal? And Austin, is he going to back down from Paul White and Vince McMahon? No, Austin is not going to back down (laughs) from Paul White and Vince McMahon. He just stepped right up into him. Rock is furious. And Paul White, McMahon, get out of harm's way. Oh, wait, no, Austin's got McMahon. And the Rock from behind attacking Austin. The Rock's not waiting until Mania, but Austin fighting back. Eliminates the Rock from the Rumble. And Austin telling Rock he's number one. And the corporation can't get one over. And Paul White holding off the Rock at the moment. Well, the Rock doesn't trust Paul White. He doesn't know what's going on with Austin. Mankind's a referee. Dan, what are your thoughts on all that? All that. Um, there was a lot of chaos, but the chaos made sense. You know, it certainly brings into the storyline... Is there a bit of uh, distinct Vince McMahon and The Rock? You know, why did he count Austin out? Was it per Vince McMahon's orders? Can he? Does McMahon think that mankind's easily manipulated? You know, what what's going on? Well, this is so interesting, and this thing we leave, we want the questions answered. Hopefully, they will on our next episode. Well, we move on to episode three oh three, and that's the fifteenth of March. A video package recaps the tensions building between The Rock and Paul White, whose nickname has been changed to The Big Show instead of The Big Nasty. We're also reminded that The Undertaker is going after Vince McMahon. Or Michael Cole and Jody King Laura in the booth for their life from San Jose, California. WWF champion The Rock opens the show and tells Steve Austin that he will prove his status as the Great One at WrestleMania. He demands that Vince McMahon come out and prove to him that the Big Show is not working with Austin. McMahon complies and says that Dwayne needs a reality check for being ungrateful for all that McMahon has given him. Oh, he says that three generations of his family looked after the Rocks' ancestors, and that Paul White is not as quick to understand the existing agreement. White comes out and demands to know what Vince McMahon is talking about, threatening he and the Rock. McMahon does not take kindly to that, leading White to manhandle him in the corner to get his point across. McMahon collects himself and books The Rock and White to team up to face Mankind and Steve Austin, thereby making this a preview of WrestleMania. The Rock and White shake hands to end the segment at McMahon's behest. Well, a construction crew shows up with some wooden planks before the commercial break. It's unclear why they're out there. We are shown our first vignette for Beaver Cleavage with the cameras just showing us a 1950s-style home in black and white. Well, the construction crew is still working in front of the main announce table. Jerry Law asks them what they're going on, and one of them says they were just doing what they're told. Well, the opening Intercontinental Championship contest, the Road Dog defeats Val Venus, who is the champion, now former champion, with a DDT at 3 minutes and 2 seconds. Well, this match stems from Sunday Night Heat, where Venus pinned Road Dog in a tag team match. Match tries to keep away from the hard cam as two guys in the front row simulate punching each other every time it is on them. This is a good back and forth match with Road Dog hitting the DT out of nowhere to win the title. James, nothing happens out of nowhere apart from an RKO. I'm not going to tell you any more fucking times. The crowd pops for the title change and Billy Gunn congratulates his tag team partner, but none of this makes much sense booking wise since Gunn was going after the belt and should probably be a little peeved that his teammate won. Well, the Rock and Paul White argue over who's going to be more valuable to their team in a tag team match. 
the Road Dog celebrates his title win with DX. Well, we get handicap match Shane McMahon, European champion with Vincent Mann, defeats the Legion of Stooge after hitting them both with the European title belt at 2 minutes 29. Shane cuts a nice promo on X-Pac before the match, saying he's going to beat him 1, 2, 3, kid. The Legion, the, <coughs> the Legion of Stooge, Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe, mimic the LOD's mannerisms and come out to the ring with their gear. Vince refers to them as Hawk and Animal on the broadcast team. So he must be using this to punish LOD for the last run in the company. Well, Shane punches a really weak save on, but he did hit a decent Bronco Buster. The referee has no problem with Shane hitting both stages of the Open title before counting the fall. As Vince and Shane walk to the back, an image of their house is flashed upon the Titantron. The Undertaker says that he'll be waiting for when she comes home. The Ministry is shown invading the front lawn and looking through windows as we go to commercial break. After the break, McMahon is on the phone with his security detail trying to figure out what they are doing and whether they see anyone on the front lawn. Or well, Steve Williams destroying Ed Farrar and Ty Gally sing on Sunday Night Heat after they make fun of Jim Ross. It's the crispy M&M slam of the week. Jim Ross and Steve Williams walk out and Ross uncovers the table that was built earlier in the show to reveal a new announced table that is christened JR is Raw. Ross asks Lawler whether he wants to come up and be part of the A-team and proceeds to commentate on the live feed with Steve Williams serving as his bodyguard. Well, the public enemies say that they were a respect from the WF in a pre-tape promo. We get a WWF Tag Team Championship match. Jeff Jarrett, that's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T, and Owen Hart with Deborah defeating the public enemy when Owen pins Johnny Grunge after Jarrett hits Grunge with a guitar at 1 minute 48. Uh, do you know, I've forgotten that the public enemy even got a tag team title match during their brief run in the company. Lola buries the enemy on commentary saying that we've wrestled for two other companies that were not very good and criticises the fact that the enemy got a tag team title match. The ending is bizarre with the referee seeing Jarrett hit Johnny Grunge with a guitar and counting the fall anyway. Supposedly, this was part of the angle where the enemy are hated by everyone in the company. Looks like a typical WCW humiliation to me. Well, Vince and Shane McMahon are shown calling the local police department about the ministry being at his home. He insists that this is not a publicity stunt. So it is a publicity stunt. <laughs> Mankind attempting to give Vince McMahon the mandible claw and getting beaten down by Paul White and Vince is the Coast Guard rescue of the week. Shane offers to call the Mean Street Posse to deal with the ministry after the police were not doing anything for him. The phone rings and Shane gives it to Vince saying it's the Undertaker. Vince hangs up and says that the Undertaker told him it's nearly 10 o'clock. Do you know where your family is? This upsets Vince greatly. After commercial break, Vince huddles the corporation around for a strategy session regarding the next match. Mankind tells Mr. Soccer that he's going to give him a bath in Paul White's saliva. We get a hard time steel cage match. The big boss man wrestles Midian to a no contest at two minutes. Well, one could argue the reason the Ministry is attacking Vince's home is because he did not book a well-defined card for tonight. If all of them had required bouts like Midian, then he could have kept them in the arena. Less than two minutes in, the entire corporation, minus The Rock, comes out and beats up Midian. Vince threatens to have Midian destroyed if The Undertaker does not leave his home. But The Undertaker comes back up on the Titantron and says, go ahead and beat Midian up, as it will not affect his plans. Oh, poor Midian. He's like, for fuck's sake. Shut up, Midian. A video shows Sable giving Jerry Laura a tour of the Playboy Mansion. Hugh Hefner makes an appearance to talk about his magic wishing well. Laura is evidently tossed out of the mansion for trying to swim with some of the models. <laughs> well, Laura welcomes out WWF Women's Champion Sable, who says that the people need to pay to see her in compromising permissions again. Pro- Lawler welcomes out WWF Women's Champion Sable, 
who says that people need to pay to see her in compromising positions again. Tori interrupts and says in a very dull, monotone voice that people can see her for free and she refuses to say in Sable's shadow. She challenges Sable to a match at WrestleMania, which Sable accepts. Tori takes her dress off before leaving. Well, a police officer shows up and the man's residence investigates, finding nothing. A vignette hypes up the Mean Street Posse. <laughs> yes. Hardcore Championship match. Badass Billy Gunn beats Hardcore Holly, the champion, with a famous on a chair at 6.57. So, Badass Billy Gunn has got the title that Road Dog had, <laughs> yeah. and Road Dog's got the title that Badass... Anyway, well, Cole and Ross spend this match sniping at each other and trying to come up with different adjectives to call the action. Billy Gorilla presses Holly out of the ring onto part of Ross's announce table, which appears to be a botch because Holly nearly clipped the table instead of going through it, and that it knocks the table out of commission. Well, it also, this incapacitates Holly, and Billy goes on to win a hardcore title to completely invert the New Age Outlaws title path for good and for no good reason. We're booking aside this for the fun brawl, and the, com- the commentary was entertaining. Well, Vince tells the police on the phone that they need to check his house again. The Undertaker gives a voiceover that says they are hiding where the police cannot find them and that he may torture her when he gets when he gets home or maybe the father figure she never had. The Undertaker symbol is shown burning on his front lawn. Well, Cole tells us that China has a partially burned retina in her right eye due to a fireball from Kane last week. He also tells us that Triple H Kane has been booked for WrestleMania. Didn't it hit her left eye though? Well, Triple H comes out and challenges Kane. And Kane is obliging and Triple H is not waiting around, going right after Kane. Kane! It's Kane! And now a huge right hands by Triple H. The Kane towards, walking Kane towards the ring. The Kane turns it around and throws Triple H into the still steps. Well, these two men will face off at WrestleMania. And now huge uppercuts and Vincent Mann coming out here. Well, McMahon's not had a great night. He's seen the symbol burning. The has got... Definitely a place in Vincent Mann's mind at the moment. And at the moment, Triple H getting destroyed by Kane. And Triple H fighting back now, Kane on the outside. And Vincent Mann asking for Kane's help. Well, Kane's not interested in that at the moment. He's more interested in destroying Triple H. Well, Mann saying he's got trouble at home. Kane can help him. Well, <laughs> McMahon wants Kane to get to him. Triple H back in the ring. Irish rip reversed by Triple H. Oh, and Kane hits one of the Undertaker's moves. Kane with a clothesline taking Triple H out. Well, McMahon doesn't ask much from Kane. He just wants to come and help for him. And the Undertaker's got his family and he's help. Kane's taking his mask off. <gasps> it's the Undertaker. Oh my the God. The Undertaker was Kane all along. And McMahon can't believe it. Undertaker has McMahon. The lights go out. Well, the Undertaker's here all along. Dressed as Kane, and he's taking Vince McMahon. Oh, well, he leaves Vince McMahon in the ring in a confused state. Well, I've never seen Mr. McMahon mentally broken like this, but it seems that the Antic has definitely got in his head. I mean, I love that angle, Dan. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a very uh, interesting angle, and it's certainly working out storyline-wise as well. Yeah, without a doubt. We'll move on to our main event, and it's Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mankind versus The Rock and Paul White. Well, this is one of those raw tag matches where one partner, in this case, decides to attack the hills by himself before his partner comes out. This is also White's first match on Raw. 
The announced team completely forget that Austin and Mankind were once tag team champions. Although I guess that depends on how you count dude loving the whole three faces of Foley equation. The segments of this match with The Rock are good. But White's offense is not strong enough here to sustain some of the momentum where the hills are in control. A wild four-way brawl ends the match as we get a sorry fans, but we're out of time. WCW style finish. There we go. It looks like The Rock and Paul White attacking mankind. But here comes Stone Cold. And this is what the main event of WrestleMania 15 is going to look like. With Austin going against The Rock. And now Austin on the assault of Paul White straight away. With a rock to his rescue, and now the rock and Austin going out in the middle of the ring. Austin with a huge clothesline to the rock. The fans absolutely loving it. Twisting the rock's arm and just shaking the life out of it, trying to pull it out of his socket. Well, Austin hasn't got his vest off yet. The rock's not going to stop, though. And Stone Cold with a fez press. Just wailing away at the rock with the big rights. Drops that huge elbow. And you can see Mankind's ready for WrestleMania. He's already got his referee gear on. What do you think of uh, Paul White's look at the moment with though? I think he looks quite intimidating, really. He does look still impressive. He does, yeah. I know he's put a little bit of weight on since the giant days, but still then, you know. And he's he looks in. really built as well. Yeah, like. especially upper body, you know what I mean? Like, not now he's in control of mankind. But mankind turns it around. And these two men have had a couple of wars, well, a few wars, actually. These past six months, rocked down the corner. Now, Austin and Mankind workers together. I mean, they were a tag team beforehand. Yeah, there's so much history between the three men. And then you add the big show, the giant, into it. And then what he becomes in the next kind of few years as well, association. We're going to see the union forming as well between <laughs> big show and Mankind. Which is... And now look at Austin. Right hand to the corner to the rock. Irish Ripley reversed. And all WWE champions in their own right as well. Oh my gosh, go for the stunner, but The Rock dodging it. What do you reckon, a Big Show with long hair or a Big Show bald? I don't mind a Big Show long hair. Again, I think it adds something as Austin's running down The Rock. Chasing him up the aisleway and Big Show's just standing there. He's not really uh, getting involved. You can hear the King shouting that as well as The Rock working on Austin. Double leg takedown by Austin, goes for the cover. Oh, but only getting a two count. Two. Well, everybody in the arena shouting Rocky sucks. And there's Rock and Paul White going to function as a well-oiled team. Got the tag in. And it is his first Raw match. We've seen him on Nitro plenty of times this past year. Underutilised on Nitro. And now he comes, you know, his first <laughs> match on Raw is in the main event. Yeah, exactly. Against these type of level, these three, talk about Hall of Famers, you know, greatest of all time, on definitely on these lists here. A big Show definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Without a doubt, you know. He's debuting this, you know, he managed to hang with him even though it does maybe take a couple of years. WrestleMania as well. What, this? WrestleMania 15? Yeah. Yeah, he goes against Mankind. You know, so he's... He's been in it, what, three months? Not even that. And he's going to have a WrestleMania match. His first match is in the main event. It's like, yeah. I'll treat you good, Big Show. Well, did you think of that message it sends to all those WWE wrestlers who are kind of like, oh shit. They go, I'll tell you what, we'll bring you over and not only bring you over and give you a WrestleMania match, put you in the hottest angle that we've had all, you know what I mean, for the past five years, whatever it is. And yeah, we're going to put you involved in that as well. Yeah. And everybody else are going, fucking hell, look, we're jobbing out to Scott Steiner here on Nitro and, and Giants there, uh, you know, in main events. Well, I wonder why Jericho makes his appearance. 
but, in the air. Exactly, and then when he, he gets involved straight with a rock as well. So exactly, it's like there is your opportunity. The rock gets tagged in. Even when the radicals came over, they were involved with Triple H and Cactus. We were having a total feud. We should actually keep count of when people make the jump, and you know what happens to them in the first few months. Yeah, well, that, I mean, with Giant is is the one at the moment, but there, yeah. there'll be a few. Well, more. he is pretty much the only one that has made the yeah. jump since you know the big time, the first one to leave the sinking ship. Yeah, basically. to leave WSW and come over. And now Malachi trying to fight off the rock, but the rock with a back elbow. And these two men know each other so well. The rock with a slam, and he's going to show him how to do the people's elbow. <laughs> and he's... in this duration, before WCW go out of business, do any of WWE guys go the other way? Yes, and this is what's going to be fascinating if we have a look at that. Uh, there is definitely one guy who would go on to become multiple-time WCW champion in WCW by making the move. And he called J E double Rock came in distracted. Uh, he was distracted the Rock Man come on a roll up, but Rock managed to kick out. Ah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was part of that fucking Hogan storyline. <laughs> yeah. Austin gets the tag in, and now the Rock tagging Paul White back in. And Big Show bounces Mankind's head off his knee, and he just immediately turns around and decks the Rock with a big right. <laughs> Now he's got a rope draped across Mankind's throat and he's just standing either side of it. It's a very innovative use of the rope. But the thing is that you can see, and it's incredible when you think he's been wrestling for like four years, how green the giant still looks involved in this compared to the other three. It's an effort, like, it obviously didn't teach him, you know. They didn't, we, not say he didn't want to learn, but it's kind of, it's a, it looks like a completely different level from the WWE style of the way you move to... WWF, it, you know what I mean? But if, how many matches, in the time that we was watching WCW, how many actual matches did the Big Show have? You're not that many, actually, did he? Exactly. You know what I mean? You don't, and the stuff, it was so slow, and it's Hulk Hogan style, isn't it? You know, yeah. it, like, even though it's like, this is not kind of like move, 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 it's still, you can say the, the volume, the speed's definitely quicker, you know? Oh, hell yeah. Now, Mankind, Irish whip by the rock, dodges the clothesline, Double arm DDT on the rock. But Mankind can't capitalise on it yet. Can he get a pin or can he get a tag in to Austin? Well, he's desperate to go to Austin, but he's going to have one corner at the moment. Austin's saying, God damn, kid, I'm over here. Jesus Christ, son, take me in. <laughs> now Austin backing away. Stone Cold's just running through the rock. And there you go. He took about a hot tag. Austin's in. He's on fire, baby. Ground behind him and he's stomping a mud hole, walking it dry. 100% confidence that he's going to walk out WrestleMania 15 as the champ. The Rock catches him though, looking for the Rock bottom. Austin fighting out with the elbows to the back of the Rock's head though. And Austin, stunner! Oh. No, gets off Rock, swinging <laughs> net breaker instead. Goes for the cover. One, One two. two. Oh. oh, but the Rock kicking out. Oh. You could already see the kind of ke- the chemistry that these two men... Have got with each other. Uh oh, but Paul White's in. Got hold of Austin by the throat. Ah, uh, mankind in with a save. And our whole hell's breaking loose in the <laughs> ring. Big show knocking mankind to the outside. Uh, and Austin to the outside as well. And now with JR's special <laughs> announce table. Yeah, it's in a mini announce table. And Austin's got the rock. Oh my word. They just collapsed that table. Yeah, I'm not sure which one was worse, the claps of the table or the claps of the big show. (laughs) 
You know, he's choking out mankind. And Austin's just throwing the rock to the crowd. Oh my god, those security are trying their best there, aren't they? <laughs> and now Austin's got the rock. Oh! <laughs> Collapsing a second announce table. Oh, <laughs> uh, four men going like, we, we don't know what's going on, the referee. It's not made a decision. Paul White's going after mankind. He should be protecting the rock. And Austin's music's playing, and we've run out of time. And like I said, WCW esque there. But Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Very entertaining. Certainly good on the road to WrestleMania. It's, uh, you know, progressing it and pushing it along. Brilliant storytelling. Without a shadow of a doubt, it makes you excited. And we've only got one episode left now of Raw till WrestleMania 15. It's episode 304. 22nd of February. Well, this was the first episode of Raw that Paul White was referred to as the Big Show by Vince McMahon. Well, Steve Austin arrives at the arena, comes across the drive of a Coors Light truck, a product placement 101. Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler are calling out, calling the action as they are live from Albany, New York. Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler are calling the action and they are live from Albany, New York. This is the last Raw we will have to hear called by Cole for a while, so I'm happy about that. And this is the go-home show for WrestleMania 15. Well, look, man's come out with WF champion The Rock. Every time that Vince gets on the microphone, the crowd tries to drown him out. Shane challenges X-Pac to a street fight outside of the arena, while Vince promises that the Undertaker will be busy with a big bossman and others when he arrives at the arena. Vince also speculates that Steve Austin is working with the Undertaker to distract him from the goal or making sure The Rock remains in control of the WF Championship. The Rock follows up by talking smack about Austin and Vince says The Rock will referee tonight's Austin slash Big Show main event. Mankind interrupts and proposes that he face The Rock and the winner referees the main event. The Rock initially says no, but Mankind produces a document from Commissioner Shawn Michaels that books a match between he and The Rock and that the winner will indeed referee the main event. Oh my God, so we know what's going to happen there. But Austin has just arrived in a cause light truck and he's taken out the arena. Taken out the Titan Tron. <laughs> Austin's here and he's driving down. Well, I knew Austin had a drinking problem, but I think this is ridiculous. <laughs> Look at my man, can't believe it. Austin not getting into the ring to fight. He's getting on top of the truck to tell everyone that he's number one. Well, there's one more roll to WrestleMania. And Austin is sending a message to the corporation here. Well, you think Austin's fired up for WrestleMania? Do you think he's ready to beat The Rock? <laughs> man. Oh, my God. Well, what a mess. I love the way McMahon flowers about as well. It's brilliant. Well, what a segment that is. You talk about building excitement and what Austin's all about. A beer bath to Rock McMahon and Shane. Sit on top of the <laughs> truck with a couple of beer. Oh, my God. And Austin. Just incredible what they do with the character. They treat Austin they just do it so well. He's so cool. And McMahon can't believe it. <laughs> what a fucking celebration. What, what a way to start a Raw. Well, Deborah is shown getting ready for the next match. And Jim Ross and Steve Williams are at a local frat party, but is war. And the, and the opening WF Tag Team t- Championship contest, it's Jeff Jarrett, that's J E W F J A R R E, 
Double T, and Owen Hart with Deborah wrestle Gangrel and Edge with Christian for no contest at 2.41. Well, Christian has not wrestled on Raw in a long, long time as the company thought tagging Edge and Gangrel together was a better idea. However, as the Brood starts using their variation of the Freebird rule during the match by switching roles and referee Tim White apparently has no problem with it, the public enemy run in when Owen has Edge in the sharpshooter, but Owen and Jeff and the Brood join forces and beat them up to further the everyone hates public enemy angle, which the announcers gloss over. Then the lights go out and, and Deborah is on the receiving end of a bloodbath to end all this angle development. Lucas interviews the New Age Outlaws with both men promising to take each other's titles tonight. Road Dog winning the Intercontinental title last on la- <coughs> The Road Dog winning the Intercontinental title on last week's Raw with a DDT on Val Venus is the crispy M&M's slam of the week. Vincent Mann tells the Stooges to get him some coffee. And it is a title for title match. The Road Dog, who is the Intercontinental champion, wrestles badass Billy Gunn. Hardcore champion to a no contest at 3 minutes 3 seconds. Well, this would have been an acceptable match for WrestleMania if both had met, if both men had the respective titles several weeks before and build it up. It seems as if a New Age Outlaws match, which people have actually excited about, versus a real Double J versus Rockabilly in the spring of 97, should have happened at a bigger show. Gunn appears to be in a position to win the Intercontinental title after he hits a Famouser, but Al Snow, Goldust and other contenders for those titles run in and create a double disqualification. The Stooges are getting Vince McMahon's coffee, but they suddenly drop it and beg for mercy. We're not sure why, though. When the show comes back, we see footage of the Legion of Doom, accompanied by Paul Ellering, beating up the Stooges to get revenge for last week's Legion of Stooge performance. Oh, so the Road Warriors are back. Well, the Blue Mini comes to the ring with chair and calls out Shamrock. However, the Shamrock that he's calling out is Ryan, not Ken, and the Mini proceeds to grab her and try to spank her. Ken hits the ring only to be attacked by Goldust and Amini hits him in the back with a chair after Ken puts Goldust in the ankle lock. You would think Ken would not try that after he took a chair to the face for the rock in the same position in 1998. Jim Ross says that he's having a great time at the frat party. He blames Hardcore Holly for taking him off the air last week and then asks the frat where the girls are. Well, Sable's shown getting her makeup done. It's a really weird side to Jim Ross, isn't it? The Ministry of Darkness is shown arriving at the arena and nothing happens to them after this, so I fail to see the point of this small segment. Vincent Man demands to know where his coffee is from the Stooges. We get a non-title match. Sable, the WWF Women's Champion, defeats Ivory with D'Lo Brown with the, C- with the Sable Bomb at 2 minutes 37. Yeah, this is Builder Sable's tune-up match for WrestleMania. PMS come out of the match, gets going and engage in a verbal altercation with D'Lo. All that leads to Ivory getting trips and Sable putting her away with a Sable bomb. It's amazing that Ivory was kept on after this match because it was a mess with botched sunset flips, roll-ups, and Ivory could not get up correctly from the Sable bomb. Tori runs into the ring and briefly fights with Sable. Steve Austin is showing preparing for his match with a big show later tonight. And the winner referees tonight's main event, Mankind beats a rock via disqualification when the big show interferes at 6 minutes 36. After going through a three-month blood feud, it is an odd feeling to see these two fighting for a special guest referee slot. After a few minutes of brawling, a ref bump prevents both men from getting a victory, but the referee does recover in time to see the Big Show chined, and that allows Mankind to win the right to referee tonight's main event. Well, the Big Show throws things around backstage in the backstage area over the outcome of the previous match. The next match is booked as Kane versus Goldust. And so here we go. Here comes Goldust. Or gold dust out to have action with Kane. Kane! 
Kane. Kane. He's already in the ring. Well, a couple of weeks ago, because we've got a match with Triple H coming up at WrestleMania. What? <laughs> oh! Well, Kane got hit with a bazooka. And it wasn't Gold Dust, it was Triple H dressed up as Kane. <laughs> dressed up as Gold Dust and shooting Kane with a bazooka. And I guess that's revenge for what Kane did to China a couple of weeks ago. I actually thought it was Gold Dust. <laughs> <laughs> They've done the mannerisms quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the face of shit. I thought, I thought shit, you know. He's like Triple H pushing away the officials, going after Kane. I thought it was going to be gold dust in Kane's outfit. And now Triple H just beating everybody up, including Kane, and the MTs can't get to him, even though he got shot with a bazooka. So what are you thinking of that? <laughs> Again, you know, it's absolutely brilliant storytelling. Um... I'm not sure about this weird bazooka flashing thing. It's a bit crazy, but <laughs> Triple H's gold dust. That yeah. could work. Yeah. Well, Xbox shows up for the street fight with Shane McMahon, but after he gets the upper hand, the Mean Street Posse immediately runs out and beats him up. The Posse and Shane get into the car shortly after and leave for X-Pac can extract revenge. The corporation, that is Ken Shamrock, Test and the Big Shot... Uh, <coughs> The corporation, that is Ken Shamrock, Tess and the Big Bossman, go against the Ministry of Darkness, Bradshaw, Farouk and The Undertaker with Paul Bearer. Now, the Undertaker's been in McMahon's head recently and Vince McMahon, has he got an answer, he's going to put the corporation against the Ministry here tonight. Got some hot time! Hot time! And Vince McMahon has just said that Big Bossman's going to be facing The Undertaker in a hell in a cell match at WrestleMania 15. And that's the Undertaker's home is in that cell. Here we go. The corporation not waiting around. Beach ball. There's a beach ball here, but Farouk's going to have to Ken Shamrock. And Bossman's staring on with a nightstick at the Undertaker. And these two men will go into hell. Oh! And Bossman's then... just leveled Undertaker with the nightstick, but Undertaker sits right up. Oh, Farouk sending Ken Shamrock into those stairs. Bossman Irish again misses. Undertaker takes out the Bossman. The nightstick slipped away as well now. The Undertaker going on fire. Well, all six men fighting outside. This match hasn't really got started yet. No, it's just a out and out brawl. Loads of melee. We've seen nightsticks. We've seen steel steps. You can tell the two teams definitely do not like each other. And we can see Ken Shamrock is definitely holding back. With the steel steps on the shoulder, Farouk. And now the Untaken Bossman going into the crowd. And this is breaking down. I don't think the officials can control this one. And walks out and replays the opening segment for the crowd. He promises Steve Austin that he will not enjoy his experience in the main event. And says that there is no chance in hell that Austin will win the WWF title at WrestleMania. Hmm. Where have we heard that promise before? Well, the man, mankind says, especially as referee, fail off, you Mankind says, the special guest referee in our main event, Steve Austin versus the Big Show. Rock is brought out by Vince as the guest commentator to make up for the fact that he's not refereeing the main event. The Big Show's first theme is one of those weird techno techno mixes you could use for a CAW in WrestleMania 2000. Or No Mercy on the N64. It does not fit him at all. Well, Cole builds this as the biggest match in the history of Monday Night Raw. Every chance he gets, evidently taking notes from the Tony Schiavone on how to hype a match. 
This is an interesting match to watch since Austin rarely wrestled big guys. During this main event run, Job will be selling to put over the big shows. Power. Well, wrestling fans have questioned this match a lot over the years since Austin Big Show feud would have been great for after WrestleMania. Hot shooting the match on Raw and putting Austin over relatively cleanly, although Austin used a chair to set up the finish, made all of that moot and ruined a potential attraction for later in 1999. But you can chalk that up to a combination of Russo and the WF not wanting to put WSW's guy over its top talent so early in his run. In the latter though, why book the match? So here we go, first time ever, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Big Show. Austin knows he's big. He I know- think Austin thinks he's looking into a mirror. <laughs> Just a hairy, bigger mirror. And he's telling what he thinks and he's dodging Big Show. Rocks The Big Show into the corner. Looking for an Irish whip. Looking for a clubbing blow. Austin ducks it and delivers some rights of his own. Austin's going to be quicker, but Big Show just so strong. Slams Austin into the corner. Oh. Delivers a big slap. A huge chop and again on Austin. Or Michael Cole saying, well, it looks like Big Show's laying a smackdown. Rocks on commentary goes, you shut your mouth. And Rock looking intently on. Hopefully, the Big Show can do a favour to uh, fall a Rock for WrestleMania. Oh, but Austin Meyer went low. Man can't tell he didn't see it. And a Big Show's feet, size 22, 5E. Oh, my God. And he pushes Austin away. And he's so strong. Austin goes over Barry Cade right to the outside. Concrete. Thank like I was struggling to get up to his feet. I think he might be regretting the beer bath he performed earlier on in the show. Well, this is McMahon's revenge and Austin's off a barricade and Big Show's got him. Oh, my God, just choking away. Mankind from behind with a double X handle smash, (laughs) making the Big Show drop Austin. (laughs) And McMahon's not happy about that either, saying, what the hell? And someone just throws shit in. And now Austin coming in behind. Exposing the top turnbuckle. And now right hands by Austin. Rocket Big Show. Oh, looking to send him head first into the turnbuckle. Blocked by Big Show, though. Looking for the stunner. Oh. oh but gets thrown face first into the top turnbuckle. A huge elbow drop from the Big Show. Now going for the cover, but Austin managing to kick out. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, show pushed Mankind. Mankind was full of right hand. Straight into Austin's right hand. Oh. oh. Looking for a huge stunner, but getting pushed off by the Big Show. It looks like it pissed off the Big Show. Irish Rip, maybe he just can't stunner the Big Show. Uh, big boot there from the show. Stone Cold certainly not backing away from the big challenge, though. Well, especially with WrestleMania so close, Austin does not back down from anybody. We've seen it before. Even the odds aren't his favour. Lucky he's got Mankind, I think, in his corner here tonight. Not that Austin would care. Oh, my God. And Big Show Griller pressing Austin. Oh, just froze him onto that concrete. Vince McMahon and The Rock are definitely loving this at the moment, just weakening Austin. Well, McMahon might not be able to control everything that's going on with the ministry, but right now he's got his death grip on the WF Championship and the biggest rival in quite a while in the WWF definitely sending a message to the toughest SOB. 
Oh, and the big show looking to ram Austin head post. Austin with a backslide, throwing him into it, but doesn't phase the big man, who Irish rips Austin straight into said ring post. The big show's just engulfed Stone Cold at this moment. Yeah, the only time Austin gets some um, punishment in is when Mankind distracts <laughs> him and does something to him. And now Mankind's got the chair and tell the Big Show to get in or use it. And now Big Show's brought him in. He's going to say he's going to hit the big elbow. No, Austin moves out the way. And now he's trying to unload on the big man. Big man. And now Austin's got Big Show in all sorts of trouble. Irish Riplow reversed. Man can't say no, he's not submitting. And Austin fighting, getting off. Oh no, just runs straight into another bear hug. And he's just squeezing the life out of the rattlesnake and the rock. Fresh as a daisy, just looking on. And Austin completely unable to escape. Man can't constantly saying that he's not quitting. He's going to check the armour of Austin. He goes down once. Twice. Oh, and Austin with a bit of resurgence, fighting out with some big right hands, rocking the big show, ducks underneath a clothesline attempt, and a second time, Fez oh. press, goes for the cover. <laughs> Man, God, took it a little while to realise. And then big show just powering out. And now Austin's got all that steel chair, where anything goes. Oh, chair shot to the thigh. Chopping the big tree down. One to the head. Two to the head. Three to the head. Oh, go after the rock. Kick to the midsection. Stunner. Goes for the cover. One, two, three. Well, Big Show nearly backed his feet afterwards, but Austin has beaten the Big Show here. Big Show's up and he's furious going after Mankind. Oh, my God. What do you think of that match, Dan? I thought it was good. Um, you know, I'm not sure kind of burying the big show in his first singles match. But, you know, he did bury him using uh, deceptive means, yeah. shall we and, say. Oh, my God, the rocks come in, attacked Austin from behind. They just hit him with a rock bottom. And the great one has just sent a ma- message to Rattlesnake. And that is the last message sent before WrestleMania 15. My God. Well, yeah, the show was bookended by a really hot opening and a fun main event. But the idea of jobbing out the big show so quickly in this run was puzzling. I'm sure that Vince went along with it because he typically likes big guys and would think he'd see dollar signs in the big show. Well, the main event booking was actually a bad omen that we were set to get more Steve Austin Undertaker main events down the road, despite the fact that Austin was in desperate need of new opponents. Anyway, we head into WrestleMania with a hot main event feud, an interesting angle over who the referee is going to be in the match, i.e. the Big Show or Mankind, and a company that is far better positioned in the Monday Night Wars than it was 16 months ago. And it was Monday Night War rating at 6.4 versus a 4.0 for Night. And WWE would love a 4.0 at the moment. So that's it now. I don't forget our next episode will be the WNR 207. That's WrestleMania 15. And we'll have an episode of Raw and Nitro to end things there for March. Uh, and of course, we've got a huge schedule ahead as well. Okay, so we've got the schedule now and coming up on the podcast. So our next episode 
March the 10th is WrestleMania 15 for WNR 207. March 17th is Fastlane, that's WNR 208. March 24th is the WNR for March, WNR 209. March 31st is Dan's WrestleMania. April the 5th is NXT TakeOver Live. April 6th is the Hall of Fame Live, the Hall of Fame ceremony. We'll be bringing a live show to you and doing what we do the past couple of years is giving a few matches here and there of the inductees. And April the 7th is WrestleMania Live. So, Dan, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter, at WNetReview, or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at underscore Rollins, across all the Google platforms, WNetReview on Google+. Send us an email, WLPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, W Net Review Podcast. We've got latest clips on there. Podcasts go at the same time on YouTube. We do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're on Spreaker Radio. We've got a live shows coming. Stitcher Radio and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But don't forget, WrestleMania 15 is our next episode. But until then, I have been James Rollins. And as always, I was joined by Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody. And bye. Bye. <laughs>